Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 331. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me, and I'm not even going to – I won't even disrespect the man by calling him Hot Tea. I mean, just, to just give him some casual nickname like that would just not be not be proper. No, this is – Arch Enemy. <laughs> not going there. Arch Nemesis. And I can't even say that this is Oscar Willis from – the World MMA Award Oscar nominated <laughs> the Michael MacLife. That would not be enough. That would not be giving him the, the proper respect that he is due at this time because this is the World MMA Award nominated in the Journalist of the Year category, Oscar Willis. We have royalty with us today. Oscar, I just want to thank you for carving out time well, of your schedule. I know that you probably had a lot of projects lined yeah. up. I'm sure a lot of interview requests are in, that sort of thing. I want to uh, just just thank you for for being here with us. Well, today. yeah, and I, as I told Ken earlier, you know, I won't forget you guys. You know, as I'm moving up in the world, but no, it's important not to take these things too seriously. Um, I think what we can learn from this is I am a god in this space, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> soon you'll, you know, soon you'll be begging for my at my feet. But uh, no, it's, no uh, congrats, man, congrats. I was I was happy to see it for you, man. Yeah. It's um, you know, listen, you? I. Of course, of course. Listen, everyone's as mercilessly competitive as you, for fuck's sake. I mean, the man has has put in the grind. I mean, look, there's nobody that's been to as many events and and on the grind the way we have been. You know, you've matched ours and and even lapped us in a little bit of coverage because we had a couple furloughs here and there, right? So both both Cole Coffee and I missed a couple of weeks. So, man, you you really put it in, and I I thought you deserved it. Look, man, I I I think it's cool. Now, listen, I get it, man. There's a share of people that like to poop on the World MMA Awards, and that's fine. That's up to them to do it. (laughs) I still think it's I think it's a cool recognition, man. And I I honestly, um, you know, I I got nominated as well, and I I still take it as an honor. I mean, I know I know that's it's going to be very difficult to unseat the reigning champion uh, in the category, but I don't know, man. I, I to know that. You know, peers are are recognizing your work and seeing something, at least throwing it out there that, hey, you're one of the best in the industry and we appreciate what you do. I don't know, man. It does still mean something to me. Yeah, like I do want to – I do, do kind of want to make sure that I refuse to take it too seriously because I think there's an ever-growing uh, number of journalists who take themselves too seriously in this space well, – not journalists, people who take themselves too seriously in this space. And I, I don't want to be like one of those guys, but obviously I was very happy to see it. It's cool for like my friends and stuff to see it as well. Sure. And I, I do feel like, not maybe because a lot of people couldn't get there, but I do think like 2020 through the pandemic up to now, like I, I did decent work, so it was cool to get that pat on the back. Yeah. Have you gotten the? Uh, are are you getting the Mr. Second Question memes or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh fuck, that would be the best one. We could wear like number one and number two. Yeah. Like it's. <laughs> that would be really funny. Great. That would be actually pretty. No, funny. in fact, actually, like it's it's funny, and, and we were talking about this off air earlier. Um, is that for me? Oh, I love fantastic. it. By the way, I didn't even mention the fact that we Thank are so in the spiritual birthplace of yeah, the MMA Roadshow, which is <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings at Warm Springs in Durango. And how do you know we're at Buffalo Wild Wings at Warm Springs in Durango? Because the frosty beverage that is sitting on the table here is two-thirds full. And they went ahead and brought me another one anyway because they're bringing one for Oscar yeah. Willis. They know that uh, I will not have any problem catching up. And I appreciate that. There you go. No, it's, uh, it's, it's been cool. And it's been cool to see the different reactions. I actually got a lot of like plaudits from colleagues in the, in the space which is cool and then I get to see a lot of colleagues uh, shit on it in the space too which I actually enjoy more um, I apologize yeah, no, <laughs> not even you at least you didn't I had some people who were like I've never heard of him before it's like I mean without sounding like an arrogant dick it's like if you've watched a press conference in yeah, the last year in the last like, year I've been know, one of the only you're people welcome, there dude. in fact I even had a guy I won't say names I remember on Fight Island it was the Mike Perry thing with his wife remember Right. and I saw this fucking guy tweet like 
oh, I bet none of the so-called media there are going to ask Dana about Mike Perry. And I was like, do you know what? Motherfucker. Like, all right, I'll fucking ask. And then I did. And then that guy was like, yeah, some journalist asked it. And then yesterday was like, uh, oh, who's he being nominated for? It's like, what? So, whoever the this person guy? is yeah. just uh, does not like you. That it's is just a fucking. And what are you doing reading the comments? All right, well, because I enjoy his misery. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats, man. Thanks, man. So, I appreciate that. would say to anybody that's listening, uh, take a second. Go to, to worldmmaawards.com. Uh, vote. You know, there's a lot of great categories there, but, uh, you know, Journalist of the Year, uh, Media Source of the Year. Obviously, the Mac Life is up for Media Source of the Year, as <laughs> is MMA Junkie. I will, you know, make the pitch for MMA Junkie as well. But if you're not going to vote for us, then you, you could you should vote for the Mac Life. He, he, Oscar has done such a fantastic <laughs> job. We know some of, great people over at other outlets. I don't know them. I just, some of, uh, some of those outlets I've never even heard of. To be honest with you, I'm not yes, even, who? I'm not even sure what those are. Uh, no, and and it was funny. I I didn't put it out on social media, but I had a tweet all typed out that said. Uh, a vote for me is a vote against Oscar Willis, uh, and then and then j- just wanted to remind people. Like and, I, and then I I I, I actually texted uh, Oscar and I was like, by the way, I didn't have the heart to send this because yeah. I'm not going to just step on you to. I would have enjoyed it. it I, 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 I knew you would. I knew I you would have, but there'd be some people that wouldn't like read into it. They wouldn't oh, get no, the joke. See, then the then the thing would be in the comments would just be like, oh Jesus, so. but yeah. But congrats. We don't know uh, about the ceremony. I'm hoping the ceremonies return. Um, you know, last year they did. Uh, you know what? I think, honestly, I think that's maybe one reason I enjoy the World of MMA Awards as much as I do is uh, those live ceremonies are fun, man. We all get dressed up, do put a get, little suit do on. A, and do you get drink tickets as a nominee? You, you do. I didn't fucking get any last you year. You Oh, but that was your, see, your website <laughs> did, but you did now. Personally, now you get to go get your drink tickets. Get to open bar, baby, the cocktail hour ahead of time. Oh man, that's yeah. And then, it, then the worst thing in the world would happen would be I won after the open bar. Do you know oh, what I mean? can you imagine? You know what? I'm almost gonna say that people should vote for you just for that because uh, after an open bar to see you on an open mic canceled immediately. Oh man, that would the very was it the very first one where a, a very drunk Diego Sanchez got up there? It was oh. Just kiss. It was just Beautiful. absolutely amazing. All right, well, listen, enough about the World MMA Awards. But, yeah, please go vote. Congratulations to Oscar for the Thank personal you, nomination you voice, in addition to the Mac Life, man. It's pretty cool. Even though Kenny uh, Cole Coffee over here hates you for it. He has uh, been shitting on me all fucking day. He's bitter like that. I shit on that whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just you, but whatever. I let you have your moments. You're terrible. Thank All right, listen, uh, we are this week covering UFC on ESPN 28. Uh, not quite the uh, the show that we had last week, UFC on ESPN 27. I think going into it, I was saying I kind of felt a little nervous that maybe I was hyping it up a little bit too much. I kept saying I think this might be the best you know, non-pay-per-view fight card of the year, but it ended up being a pretty damn good card. Uh, entertaining card. top to bottom, man. Yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, this one, uh, <laughs> on the flip side of that Not point. quite as much. Not quite as much. But I will say, we just wrapped up media day, uh, and, and, and when we came over here, frosty beverages in hand, we're, we're enjoying our final day of mask-free society in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, yeah. if you haven't heard, uh, here in Clark County, uh, Las Vegas, we're going back to uh, masks everywhere in public. So we thought, you know what? We should get together and go have a frosty beverage and enjoy it. Uh, not quite the same excitement level around this card, but I will say the main event, um, it's a pretty meaningful main event. It's not going to determine a title contender, but you got two guys that are on nice winning streaks right now and Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland um, that, you know, not young guys. Obviously, Uriah Hall a little bit longer in the tooth than Sean Strickland, but Sean Strickland a guy that's been around for a long time as well. But guys that are on win streaks, I think guys that <laughs> – I don't think either one of them actually cares about winning the title, but no. uh, but that are moving in that direction. 
Uriah Hall, on the one hand, um, does care about the opportunity to fight uh, Israel Adesanya. He does think that that would be a phenomenal opportunity for him. And I, and I will say, honestly, stylistically, it is a fight that I, I was would, thinking that too. It's, that right, it's a fight you want to see. Stylistically, I'd want to see it, but I don't know. I mean, does it interest Israel Adesanya, and can you justify? Because right now, Uriah Hall is not that guy. You know, he's not the number one contender. Uh, but, you know, another couple of wins, and he could be right there. But, I mean, can you justify a matchup with Adesanya and Hall without making sure Hall is the clear number one contender just because it's a fun fight? No, because I think, you know, realistically, Hall is a fun fight, but you got to think Darren Till. The UFC have wanted to make that fight with Israel for ages. Israel and his team have wanted to make that fight for ages. So Uriah Hall could probably beat Sean Strickland, could probably beat one other person, and I'd say Darren Till's still one, you know, beating Derek Brunson away from the title shot. Derek Brunson's been on the tear too, man. You know, Derek, I mean, obviously he's lost it, is he, in the past, and it's pretty dominant, but, you know, that, that's a bit of a toss-up. And then Cannoneer as well. Like, you have to think as well, Israel has, like, a lot of sway with the UFC. Sure. Israel's also never been shy of saying who he'd like to fight. Right. Uriah Hall's name has never, ever been mentioned by him. And I think Izzy's at a point now where if he's like, I'd rather fight Jared Cannonier than him, yes, he'd give him Jared Cannonier, right? So I think Uriah's got a little bit more work to do just yet. I just wonder if, I mean, don't you think, and you're right, Adesanya never has mentioned Uriah Hall's name, but Uriah Hall really wasn't in a position to be mentioned, I think, right? It starts to look a little weird if you're looking too far down, right? We've, we've had that sometimes. But he's never, he's never even responded. Like, Uriah Hall, we, well, I'm sure we talk about he's criticized the media for suggesting he hates Criticized Izzy. the media for everything. He, he does, doesn't, yeah. doesn't love the media. But, but Izzy's never fired back once. Like, Izzy fires back at, you know, people who ask him for a picture. You know, so it's just, it's, it's, it's almost by design, I feel like Israel's like, no, not for you. Yeah. I hate, I hate to see that. I'd like to see the fight. Stylistic, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Speaking of Izzy, yay or nay on the French tips? Uh, I, I or is it mad sus? <laughs> Who are you? As he said. <laughs> Who are you? How's your that's going off. That's going off of his his Instagram. He put out a he put out a, uh, an Instagram. Okay, thank pic God! I was like, are you just like I'm, I'm quoting the kids I'm now? I'm quoting the kids these days. <laughs> TikTok cold coffee. Uh, but he he got TikTok-y. he got a French what is it French tips on all of his fingers and his toes. So it's where they did the it's like all the, the clear like the and then the little white layer. Sure, sure. But on his big toe, it was all fully big white thing. I wasn't a fan of that, but the rest of it, I thought was I thought it was a, a fine look. What? So you're pro French tips. I thought it was okay. I saw French tips as where you dyed the end of your hair blonde. Maybe in hair it is? Well, I but I think in nails, <laughs> they, they call it that as well. Or just the end of French men. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> So no, you guys didn't see that? I did not see that. It was just like yesterday, I think. So on his Instagram? Instagram or his Twitter. And he, he just tweeted, and it was kind of cryptic, and he just had a picture of his fingers with like the, the French tips, and he was like, Yay or mad sus or something like that. Well, mad sus is a new thing the kids are saying that a mad sus means like, you know, you're a bit on like the oh dachy side. A little suspect, right? Yeah, a bit gay, basically. Okay, I'm, I'm taking a look at it right oh, now. And, um, but he's changed it. I'm going to kick you in the mouth. Might as well make it look good. Hashtag Zohan. That one may be the same, but maybe it was. Maybe he did a Twitter. Oh, no, here we go. Something. Yep, French oh, right tips. There. Yeah, well, so I think he's, a, you know. It's a very, very well-done manicure. Yeah. See, I thought it looked fine. I thought the only one that looked weird was is that big toe where it was all white. I thought he should have did the same, like on the finger, like on the fingers, with just the strip on the top. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it makes it look like a fake nail. 
All right. Well, thanks, Ken. Yeah. All right. Appreciate the uh, <laughs> And that is why you didn't get nominated for Journalist of the Year. I mean, t- TikTok-y. T- t- to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> it's what he's the people care about. That me and you didn't find, so maybe he's the one who deserves it. Yeah. He's the better who's reporter. Getting, who's getting the heat of the meat? Well, the heart what? Of the meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Where are we already? Talking about the heat of the meat. That's in, that is just the in. heat of the meat. The sweeter the meat. All right, so you're right, Hall. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming we'll not be in line for a title shot, uh, but I mean, I guess an impressive victory here could do two wonders for his uh, opportunity. I mean, look, the win over Rockhold. I do agree that anybody that's saying that's not a win, you, you can't discount Why that. Man? I mean, yeah, it's it's it, it, you can't discount that. You know what I mean? And obviously the Anderson Silva one. That was, you know, a little different as well, but it's still a win over Anderson Silva. I know he's not the same Anderson, but it's still Anderson Silva. Um, it's a win streak. It's a four-fight win streak in the UFC's middleweight division. That's not bad, but you're probably going to need one more. You know, you win this, and then you're going to need you're, you're going to need to beat one of those names you mentioned, right? Yeah, I mean, if you if you think about the middleweight division, um, there is a, to, for me there feels like a clear line between your Costas, Cannoneers, Nalvatoris, and Tills, and your names like Uriah, Gasolum. Chabazian and Branson, you know, there's going to be, he's going to need to get a win. I mean, maybe they, maybe if Darren wins against Derek, but it doesn't look great, they do him versus Uriah. Which, which I just signed me up for that one. Signed me up for that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're going to need a, a, a win over one of those staples. Is this the last opportunity for Uriah? Like, I mean, he's had like these starts and stops in his career, like this up and down, up he, and down. Ever, what, what's the closest he's ever got to the title shot, do you think, in his career? I mean, he's never really been up there. Now? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's now. Maybe after he knocked out Gaygard, I felt like there was a lot of momentum behind him. But right. He's never been able to run those those ones together, you know? And he's not old, but he's, he, you know, he said, hey, man, I could do this for another 10 years, but I, I don't know, man. This is. Yeah. I think he's got a style that once it's gone, it's going to go kind of quickly. Yeah. And it, I, do you know what's ironic enough as well? We're saying, oh, he needs a win over this. He's lost to Robert Whitaker, he's lost to Derek Brunson, and he's lost to Paulo Costa, you know? So, so maybe there's maybe that despite 36. He's turning 37 as well, I think he said today. But I mean, it may, so maybe. You usually do that after you're 36? Uh, yeah. <laughs> in two days. The oh, in two days. Yeah, okay. 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 <laughs> uh, but maybe there's just a. Do you know, I feel. I, I, I don't discredit his win over, uh, over Weidman. Um, other leg injuries are not the same. But. Um, but yeah, I think if that fight had been more back and forth, see what you did there. Thank you. If uh, if that fight had been more back and forth, I think he'd have got more credit for it, right? Right, right, you right. Even I mean? if it had gone two minutes, three minutes, you know, if you he know. Did, if he did, yeah. So I think he kind of, it's a, it's like a win, but he also didn't benefit from it at all, yeah. really. Um, so yeah, he's just in a weird spot, man. I just, I, I really just wonder, like, I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to get up there, you know. And it's funny because I was, I went back through these one of these binges of watching like old Chael Sonnen videos and they were talking about the ultimate fighter while it was still embargoed and, and we didn't know about it and Chael was adamant that there was a future champion and remember Dane was like there's a guy and it was all Uriah Uriah right. Uriah and he just never never seemed to springboard off it I mean it sounds like he feels like hey at Fortis MMA I'm a home you know we talked about that a little bit today about the fact that you know look man it's, it's, it's clicking for me now I needed a family I needed a support system and he does seem like that guy yeah, right yeah. I mean the guy's always felt like I think he needs I don't mean this in, the, in, a, in a wrong way, but like I think he needs somebody that's part psychologist, and I think that's what Safe Saoud is. Sure. He's part psychologist. It reminds me of like Kevin Lee, you know, like he he needs that coach to the, the guru, the yeah, mentor, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the, to guide him because he has always felt like he has kind of a chip on his shoulder, and the world's doing him wrong, and, <laughs> yeah. and he's angry when he doesn't need to be. I mean, for instance, like it, we were kind of talking afterwards, like 
every time Uriah shows up to the media, like we wonder what what, what we're gonna get yeah. and if he's gonna be mad at us. And like most of the time, we don't even understand. Like I, I think we are all kind of like Uriah, and we yeah. certainly like his style. And it's just he comes in with a chip on his shoulder. Like it was I, the very I, first I, question you asked, he he did the t- classic. What'd you say? You know, it's just like Uriah. But then, but he's, been doing he's, this for eight years, he's a bro. jovial guy as well. Yeah. Like he actually, ha- he, he, I don't know. Once it gets going, he starts joking about the English accent yeah. and all. He starts having a little fun. So uh, I, I do think this is a big fight for Uriah Hall. I'm not saying it's now or never, but it just feels like he's got the momentum right now. And if he loses it here, it's going to be hard to start that back up. Meanwhile, Sean Strickland, a guy that um, I don't, I don't really, feels almost like came out of nowhere, right? Like this is a guy that nobody was talking about. I feel like people are talking about him now. Maybe it's for the wrong reason. I mean, obviously that gym video that came out of him, uh, you know, losing his his mind there kind of came up. But I feel like the stories are coming out, right? Like this is a guy that's been around the scene for a long time, and people have known who he is, but nobody ever really talked about him. Yeah. But now you're talking to fighters in all walk who have, who have passed through because he's been in Southern California. He's been in yeah, Vegas. Yeah. He's been in two hot spots. You know, he's, he's been, a lot of people have been in the gym with this guy, and they'll tell you he's an animal. But they'll also tell you like he's an animal, kind of in a bad way. Yeah. Like it's too much. So well, I don't know, I feel like people are talking animal, about it. animal followed by the word dick. I think <laughs> it's like, but it, it, it's interesting because Sean was one of those guys. I I, re- I really noticed Sean Strickland when he was fought Jack Marshman and was shouting at him in the cage, like going, "Come on, Jack! Come on, Jack!" That's the first time mm. I read. I read. Yeah, I remember that. You know, it's yep. the first time I really sort of noticed him. And then his name kind of stuck in my mind, and then I noticed in a bunch of like rand- random fighters doing media day and they wouldn't make a point of it but they'd be like oh yeah, yeah I was sparring, sparring Sean Strickland and then they'd sort of make a face and then I realized like after about four or five I was right. like oh this guy must like, be a motherfucker in the gym and then it, I don't know I feel like I think Sean got very lucky getting this fight you know I mean I, I but Sean reminds me a lot of Kevin Holland in that they're both very brash and, and say they like to be inflammatory. It's just that Sean didn't get the finishes that Kevin did. Right. You know that that's the difference. Like, I, but I, they both fought during the 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 pandemic era, which was a perfect platform for people to get on TV frequently. And I think if Sean had got more finishes, him and Kevin would be it's com- good point. comparable. It's a really good point. Uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Sean Strickland's time today. Uh, not that. Uh, we're ever exactly safe for work, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. this is like really not really, safe really for work. Safe. Uh, also, don't listen to, to like any veterans or anything. You know, just like you know, just just read them. Go it's into a room by yourself and play this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here is uh, here's a little bit of Sean Strickland. I, 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 I trimmed it down a little bit because he, he goes on. So if you want to see the full thing, if you're if you're enticed by what you hear, go over to the MMA Junkie YouTube page. You can watch the whole thing, but uh, you got to catch at least a little bit of this because it's uh, it's one of the more interesting uh, scrums in, in recent history. That's for sure. Rashida, you don't you don't strike me as the, you know the the emotional guy, the sentimental guy, but UFC main event, big deal for you. I mean, it is what it is, dude. It's just you know I I don't fucking know, dude. It's just a way like people try to make it feel special when you know like it's it's just another day, just another fight. It's it's gonna be special if I win. If I get knocked out, I'm gonna look back like fuck this sucked. <laughs> What about the build-up? You know, obviously the main event means like more media, more obligations. Are are you learning to enjoy this at all, or is it still like the least favorite thing for you to do? It's not, dude. It's just fake. It's just fake. Like no one gives a fuck about you. You know, you're just you're only you're only special when you're winning. The moment you lose, if I lose, I'm gonna wake up Sunday. You guys aren't gonna give a fuck about me. You guys don't give a fuck. You know, so you just shouldn't take it too serious. <laughs> 
think you're making some assumptions there. Maybe we really care about you. Well, I mean, okay, I will say, like, there's some people in the MMA world that are like, I have some fans who they message me, they're, they're, they're about it. But as far as, like, like, any amount of fame, you shouldn't hold on to it, you know? We're all just fucking hairless monkeys going through the world. We shouldn't take ourselves too serious. Fair point, fair point. Well, talk about this win streak that you're on, man. Obviously, you've, you've looked fantastic during this run. Are, are you regretting at all the, that you didn't move to middleweight earlier in your career, or is, is, is it something different than just that, that weight move? Yeah, it's something different, man. I mean, even if, if I was at welterweight, you know, I trained with a lot of welterweights, I, I think that I would be highly successful. I think I'd be in the same spot if I was a welterweight. Uh, if anything, it would probably be easier to be fighting smaller guys. Mostly, like, the success is coming from a lot of mental work, just – it's kind of funny, but ex accepting failures helped me the most. Interesting. Is it part of that attitude that you just mentioned, like not taking yourself too seriously oh. and just? Yeah, no, 100%. When you have something that you hold on to so tight you don't want it to lose, you start kind of being a pussy to prolong it. You know, you start like you, you stop wanting to take risk because you're, you're, you're so worried about losing it. And then as a mental middleweight going out the accident, it just, it's been a lot easier just not to care. Yeah. What's your, what, what is like kind of your focus then right now? I mean, are you, are, do you think like I'm chasing a belt, I'm going after this glory? Or is it not even really about like achievements or reaching certain levels? It's kind of funny, man. Like I was sparring some guy. He's like, hey, why are you sparring me? I'm nothing like Uriah. I'm like, I just like to fight. Like I don't even, like this training camp, I'm not, I'm not even training for Uriah. I'm just, I'm just being me and, you know, it just, I just happen to be fighting. Have you tried to get anybody that can replicate what he does, or is that not really part of your approach? I trained a lot with Raymond Daniels for many years, so, I mean, I've, ex I've, I've been seeing it a lot. But the thing with Uriah, man, it's hard to replicate that. He's such a specialist where it's, it's very difficult to find guys who can do that well. But, I mean, at the end of the day, just keep your fucking hands up. I was going to say, so with that said, is it not really about reacting to what he does and making sure you do what, what you do? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things you shouldn't worry too much. Like, if, you, if someone's a great wrestler, you shouldn't even worry about his wrestling. You should just go in there and fucking fight. If he takes you down and beats you up, it is what it is. Go back to the drawing board the next day. Yeah. You talk about sparring. You're, you're getting this reputation in the community as the, the, <laughs> the hard-headed, uh, tough guy in the gym. What, what, do you, what do you think about that reputation? Do you, do you enjoy it or do you think it's wrong? I just like to, I like to spar, you know. I always use sparring as therapy sessions. That's all fighting is. It's just one big therapy session for me. I don't even look at it like a job, you know. People think, oh, yeah, what do you think about fighting? Like, it's, to me, it's mental health. <laughs> so is that, like, where you work out all your problems? Oh, 100%. I always feel bad, dude. I'll have a bad day, and I'll walk in the gym, and my guy's like, I'm feeling a little homicidal, suicidal today. I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance. If something fucking, if I, if I get a little carried away, you know, forgive me. I'm... I'm working through some shit right now. <laughs> and when you say that, do you find that there's people like, Sean, we're not going to go today. I'll be on the other side of the gym. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely get ducked a lot. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I make you better. It's one of those things, like, if you want to be good, you spar with me. If you just want to be mediocre and I'm going to save it for the fight, then, you know, go beat up amateurs. I know you said, like, the fame and the notoriety and stuff is fleeting, but you win here, UFC main event, you know, over a notable guy. I mean, do you think about what comes next in terms of rankings, matchups, any of that? Uh, no, I mean, uh, the cool thing about Uriah, dude, he's like, you be, he's like a gatekeeper. And I don't want to undersell Uriah to say gatekeeper, but he's a damn good gatekeeper. He's a guy you beat, and it propels you into one or two shots away from a title shot, you know. It's, it's kind of a very interesting thing to think that it's within your grasp. 
does that change your approach to anything? Or is, I mean, like you said, you just like to go out there and fight. But when you think like there's these potential big paydays or these potential, you know, does that change? I, let me tell you why I fight. I fight to make enough money to move on a mountain and vacate society. And if, if having a fucking piece of metal painted gold around my waist helps me do that, then let's fucking go. <laughs> I love it. Well, I guess last thing for me, what, what type of fight do you think we see here, man? I mean, obviously, your eye is a little bit spectacular sometimes. I mean, do you, do you see a spectacular fight, or do you go out there and dominate? What, what do we see here? You know, I just spoke to Bisbing, uh, and I was saying that the way he fought Anderson Silva is kind of the way I have to fight your eye. It has to be ugly, dirty. I'm going to get hit. It's probably going to hurt. You're going to see me get rocked a couple times, but it's how you have to beat your eye. You know, it just is what it is. You, you get this reputation as the hard sparrer, but I'm curious, out of all the people you've sparred, who's given you the hardest time? Has there been a moment inspiring when you're like, God, this guy's going too hard, for, even for me? Uncle Live, uh, the 205 guy's a fucking savage. Um, he's a guy that truly frustrates me, and I'm sparring him. Like, I find myself getting angry. I can't fucking hit you. I can't take you down. Like, he's probably one of the best. He's probably my toughest ever rounds, Uncle Live. Yeah. I saw earlier this week something that you sparred with Hamzat Jemayev. Yeah, Hamazad, he's, um, he's good, man. He's good. He, he's very similar to me with work ethic. You know, when he's in the gym, he doesn't stop. He doesn't slow down. He's one of those guys that the, the second round comes, you guys are both scrambling. You're just like, fuck, man. Like, why aren't you slowing down? But, you know, I'm sure he's thinking the same thing about me. You're just like, third round comes, like, fuck, all right, this is the round he's going to slow down. He's not slowing down. And you're just like, all right, well, I guess, I guess this is my life now. We're just going to have to accept <laughs> this level of suck. Going back to Uriah, there's always this idea that like a fight against him is depending which version of him shows up, right? Yeah. Do you anticipate that you'll be able to tell early on in the first round, like, oh, the tough Uriah showed up, or maybe it's an easier night than I anticipated? You know, with Uriah, I think because we've trained a lot, I'm going to get him at his best, and that's what I want. I don't want, I don't want Uriah to come out as the fucking head case. I want him at his best, you know, and then I don't want to, I don't want if I win. If I win or if I lose, or if I win, I don't want to go back and be like, well, hey, you know, I beat Uriah because he's a fucking head case. Like, that's a shitty way to win. Mentioned just about training with him. He's actually got a reputation as a tough sparrer sometimes. Uriah's kind of a cunt, man. Again, I like Uriah, so I say that. But, like, here's the difference between me and Uriah. I'll spar you and say, listen, man, I got a fight coming up. I'm going to fucking, you're probably going to bleed. I'm going to try to fuck you up. I'm going to try to hurt you. I'm going to try to take your soul from you. And guys are usually like, well, man, thanks for telling me. Uriah is the kind of guy that says, hey, best friend, like, let's go watch anime after this. Like, we're really good fucking friends. Next thing you know, spinning back fucking heel kick to the face. So, I mean, me and him are a little different. I'm honest with my intentions. <laughs> Uriah, is like, Uriah is like the fucking the hidden psychopath, that, you know, where it's like me, like, I'll tell you, like, I like to hurt you. I like to fucking hurt you. Uriah is the kind of guy that will fucking knock you out and be like, oh, are you okay? And then go beat his fucking dick off to it before bed, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I think you're like one of maybe three people in this entire organization who says the word cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I picked that from the English, man, or the Australians. I love it. Cunt. My I'm favorite sure. word.
All right, that is now. Uh, that's that's got cold coffee. That's got to be your favorite fighter, right? I mean, when anybody will come in and drop a C bomb, you know. I mean, <laughs> cold coffee is always looking for any excuse What's to drop funny, a C bomb. Every time he said it, I'd look over at Oscar to see if he was giggling because I figured if there was anybody in the room that was going to be giggling well, at anyone it, anyone who repeated it to him. I know away. that I didn't do. I was like, don't do it, don't do it. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. It, it's hard. I tell you what, uh, uh, behind the curtain, sort of talk here. It's hard to be professional when there's four of you in the room. You know what I mean? When there's these, me especially these media You're days. You're talking about the fighters or for us? No, just for the whole for media, the media yeah. day. There's like, I mean, there's what, five there's people five there? Because yeah. a, be, a lot of people that have been coming are in L.A. right now. Yeah, and, yeah. and we'll get we'll get to the Bellator card for sure. Um, so, I mean, even though it's been small anyway, like it's. Today, yeah, was, today was extra small. And then if you think like, you know, so out of the five people, two of them are you for me. Like, you know, two of my friends right. that I goof around with. It's, it's pretty hard to. And. and it's a weird sort of dynamic because they're in a press conference, but we're also like two feet in fucking front of them. It, it just it sort of lends itself to be a bit silly. Yeah, I think. yeah a bit more informal than probably yeah, something bigger. Informal. Well, and if and Sean Strickland is just not going to be. Yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Here's so here's what I'm interested about Sean Strickland because okay, he's a character, right? Uh, he's a character that has some very strong political beliefs. He's a, he's a character that. Uh, will certainly offend a lot of people. I think I, I didn't see it, but I, didn't, I think you guys were mentioning <laughs> everybody that just listened to that. <laughs> well, right. But I think you guys were mentioning right that uh, that he attacked the Canadian Prime Minister yeah, so, today. So, uh, yeah, I think that was it. yeah. Also behind the scenes, but yeah, he, I think he did an interview with uh, a Canadian outlet, and they couldn't use it because he called you know uh, Justin Trudeau a predator and stuff like that. So <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'll ever see the light of day. But also, I think if you listen to Sean Strickland, you probably guessed he thought that. So here's what I'm wondering about Sean Strickland moving forward. I mean, this would be a big win for him too, right? Like you said, he got. I got kind of lucky to get this fight. I mean, I, I hate to say lucky. I mean, it's an opportunity for him. Um, as he said there, like chasing gold, he like whatever. It's just, you know, yeah. the bottom line is he wants to get as far away from society as possible. Like, can the UFC market this guy? Can Because I'll be honest with you. I was cracking up during that scrum. Like, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a, So part of me was like, dude, I want to I want to talk to this guy every week. But the more he talks, he's going to, he's going to piss people off. Well, also, I think the thing about Sean as well is uh, – Whereas you might say Kevin likes to annoy, annoy people, I also think Kevin knows when, like, you can't drop the C-bomb on ESPN, right? I think Sean Strickland comes across to me as if you tell him, don't drop the C-bomb on ESPN, the one thing you can count on is, is he's, he's going <laughs> to drop it as many times as he can. He just comes across as that sort of guy. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know what you do with him, really. Like, can you imagine, like, it's, seriously, on a serious level, because... You know, the UFC, we know for I know for a fact Dana hates that word right. on, on TV, right? Can you imagine like a Strickland versus Israel press conference? Mm. I mean, I, the two of the two. Even, 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 look, look I think uh, somebody in our chat, we ended up chatting on the, on the, on the, the YouTube stream today because we had like an 80 minute break between the two corners. So we ended up turning the mic up and talking, and somebody was saying, you know, I, I can't imagine a, a, a press conference with like him and Vittori. Yeah. That would go crazy. Now you, you start talking about. Uh, man, him and Till, yeah. uh, him and him and Holland. Well, that's like I, I remember that there was like so apparently before it was Volkanovski and Ortega, it was going to be Till Adesanya doing the, the coaches of the Yamaha fighter. They'd have been on TV a week, you know. Like what? The, like they, they would have been off TV in a week because Till and Adesanya uh, and as as a Strickland, they're the sort of people like, oh, you said this. Well, I'm going to say this. You know. It's Wait, I know. I, was, I remember. I remember joking with you about that and saying like, dude, they would have filmed the whole thing and then got done and be like. We have nothing. Like we, we, we can't use anything. Like we can't use any of it. The sushi uh, thing happened in day one. You know. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I, I am curious to see what happens. Um, did you guys? Uh, well, I, I should probably talk to uh, the potential 
future two-time MMA junkie mm -mm. picks champion. I mean, clearly Potential. a man with Potential. far more expertise. I, first of all, I've never won one title. I've always been in like second or third like every damn year. Well, you're uh, in second now? I know you I'm can, in second now, but I'm it. behind you. Uh, yes, but you hey, are. that just goes to show you the quality of knowledge that you're getting with the <laughs> MMA Roadshow, you know what I mean? So I don't know, what, which, which, uh, which way did you lean in this one? Because I, I leaned I leaned Strickland in this one. I did but, too. But man, really? I, I did. I did. Well, and that's the thing. You know, after I saw him today, uh, I definitely felt like Uriah's headspace was better. And I don't know why I always assume uh, I don't know what I'm going to get uh, from him because I think the last time we saw him, I thought his, for what little bit that we saw, I thought that he looked in great physical specimen. He always comes looking in decent shape, sure. or great shape, you know, for these fight weeks. I don't know. Maybe it's just me buying into the hype of what Strickland has been, been able to, to do recently. I think part of it for me was just like uh, he's just been sort of this X factor getting these wins against some of these guys that I didn't really think that he was going to get. And he just he slowly crawled his way up. And now he's in the smack dab in the middle of the of the top 15. And so when I just looked at him, I just chose his momentum over what I thought could be a Uriah that we've seen where – He's super focused, but then something weird happens on fight night, yep. and I didn't know what to get. So, uh, literally, I, I, I still go back and forth in my head on this one. I'm not as confident, um, but I did lean towards Strickland. But it just ultimately boiled down to the fact of um, Sean, for me, just feels like he's he's the, the universe is working in his favor recently. And eventually, at some point, you're going to run into an athlete that luck and uh, – you know, just pure heart isn't going to carry the day, and this might be that fight. This might be the fight where heart isn't going to win. I'm it. with you on that one, man. I but I, but I'm with you. I thought I thought Strickland was was going to kind of just, like he's not going to stop. Like he's not a head right. case because he's just single minded. You know what I mean? And he's going to continue he's pushing through monster. it. He's just a he's mean a dude, right? Like yeah. He just goes in there and wants to fight. But uh, I, I I heard some chirps over there, so I'm assuming you're leaning the other way and, and don't see it that way at all. I was just trying not to blow my nose into the microphone, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, to me, um, it's, it's not something I've really thought about too much. I think I, I kind of, we've heard this for, like you said, eight years or whatever. It's like, which Uriah is it going to be? Yeah. I mean, at these media days, I love to look into, like, look into crazy amounts of shit. Sure. I found it interesting that uh, Sean Strickland was like, oh, yeah, Uriah in sparring. Like, he pretends to be nice. And then you get a wheel kick in your face. And then Uriah said, oh, Sean's the one who goes hard. And then I'm the one who has to meet him and meet him. And I see if he's okay and that to me just felt like okay so they've had some absolute wars inspiring that to me it felt like Uriah maybe got the best of that said I do completely agree with Ken that like the momentum today just the general energy yeah. felt like Sean's yeah. was on the rise and I do think that really does play a part in, in fighting I, I, it'd be in, I, I'm kind of in a weird way, curious to see the weigh-ins. Like, if Sean gets all fucking crazy at the weigh-ins, I think yeah. he could probably get into Uriah's head. Was not that difficult, you right? Know? Even even thinking about that, I looked at you know when you when you put their images in your head, I thought both of them looked super good today. But I also kind of thought like Uriah was carrying some extra today. That yeah, maybe that's why his personality was so good. Because when we see him on on and way, by the way, this is Thursday. Is this tomorrow, is Thursday now. Normally we're doing Wednesday media yeah. days. We did it Thursday right. this week because of some uh, they were shooting contender stuff. And I wonder if that threw the fighters off too. Because I mean, this is the day before they're cut. At this is the point where if they are actually struggling, this is the day where they say don't. Don't mess with me. Yeah. Don't talk to me. I'm in my cut. And when I looked at everybody today, everybody seemed happy. Which everybody seemed whatever. The they well, get on stage this is normally the day they. Everybody yeah. seemed happy. 
we'll, well, get, to that we'll, get, yeah. we'll get to we'll her get in a second. <laughs> oh, but you least, understand. Well, but at yeah. least she looked like she was closer to fight weight. Oh, so you, you also know. understand who we're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. But uh, no, I just think, that, you know, Uriah, normally when we see him on tomorrow, he's going to be a lot more sunken. I'm just wondering if these guys left the media day today and went straight into cutting. Hard but cut. today... Both of them looked uh, like well refreshed. They didn't look like they were in a hard cut, which go which bodes well for a, a good fight because if both of them are really really close, we know we're going to get an awesome awesome fight, you know. But if it's the if it's the point that tomorrow we see a Uriah come in and he's like just drained or whatever because he hasn't put himself, then I'll feel a little bit more confident in the fact that I think Strickland is good to go because he looked he looks pretty mo pretty close to what he does fight night. Today he had a little. You could tell he had a little bit left to go, but yeah. you couldn't really tell by his demeanor, unless that's what weight cut does for him is makes him sort of go absolute bullshit crazy, you know. I do want to say, by the way, I uh, didn't play the Uriah Hall audio, but if you want to go check out that video, uh, Oscar, you did repeat the quote from Sean yeah. word for word back to him, and yeah. he had kind of a bizarre. Yeah, reaction it was. It. it was. I kind of thought like, uh, you know, he started off being it like, you know standoffish like he always does but then by the time John had sort of asked him his questions he, he <laughs> I thought he was going to make you repeat it again I was like oh we got to hear this again <laughs> no so I, I just read him the quote which it was you know it whatever it was ended with you know he knocks you out and then goes home and Jack says fuck a dick off before he goes to bed I kind of I didn't do the delivery properly I really should have gone into it but uh, it, it honestly looked like Uriah just had a you know like his, a car stalled like his brain just yeah. went like because he just kept going that's interesting that's interesting. <laughs> I think. I mean, in fairness, like it tripped us out. Like, can you imagine hearing it yeah. secondhand? It probably, he probably yeah. did go like, "What?" He said, "I go home and masturbate." And then, after he, and, sparring? Then, and then his his reply, because I listened to it multiple times to entertain myself, was started off in slow motion. He's like, "If you're somebody who knocks someone out and then goes home and jerks off." You're a psycho. I was like, yes, that's what he was calling <laughs> you. That was funny. By the way, I I did uh, I wrote a story today about uh, Uriah Hall. It was it was my job to write the piece for MMA Junkie, and I I of course did include that quote in print because how could you how could you not include that? All right, listen, I don't want to spend a ton of time breaking down the fights, but I do want to go through a couple more of these. Kyung Ho Kang, uh, who I think is a very very talented fighter and who's who honestly has a ton of skill, but has been plagued with layoffs first of course the the, the south korean military uh, commitment that you need and and then uh he had some injury and i, I believe he got married was part of the 19-month layoff that he had uh, he's returning this is actually a new co-main event against hani yaya who i think um i i think it's disrespectful he's a very very skilled martial artist and obviously incredible uh incredible grappler and uh i, I think you know listen he's he's an interesting cat to talk to because he's very monotone He's very kind of low energy, but I, I liked kind of what he said, you know, when he's talking about, like, the state of martial arts and stuff, and it's like, look, to me now, there's there's really only two things. You're either a striker or you're a grappler, you know what I mean? Like, th these these different arts, they've all melded together, you know what I mean? And I, I thought that was pretty intriguing, and um, I do think he's kind of carrying the mantle for, for Brazilian jiu-jitsu now, you know, that uh, that, that Damian Maia is, is hanging up. This is probably your most accomplished, uh, you know, at least veteran. You've got some others coming into the game. But um, I'm intrigued by this fight. You know, I, I don't think it's it's real impactful or meaningful, but uh, stylistically it could be fun. And, and, and uh, you know, you, you know what you're getting with Yaya. Either 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 you're available to uh, to keep him off of you and you win, or he takes you down and you lose. And so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, 
I then the make one sure that... I tell Rodolfo uh, Vieira, you say that uh, Yaya. Well, that's why I said the, the established <laughs> veteran. Rodolfo Vieira is also quite accomplished in Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu as well. But he's only a couple fights yeah. into his career. You know he's what I mean? He's a sweetheart, though. He's, oh, he's, he's a good dude, man. Yeah, and, 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 and I love the fact. I mean, how great is it that Hidalgo was just open? That, like, man, dude, I like I, I get scared when I get in there. Like, I'm not yeah. like – the fact that you can stand in front of everybody and be like, it scares me to step in the cage. Yeah, like, he's that's like the awesome. next generation of Brazilian badass. I think the the first ones were like, oh, we eat meat and then we just destroy people, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. He's like, I have feelings as well. And it's like, we love you. <laughs> he's great. All right, let's talk about the female matchup here. Cheyenne Bay. Yes. And Gloria DePaulo. Uh When you talk about who was uh, not having a good day, not angry. Um, listen, uh, I'm. I'm just gonna say I'm. I'm kind of a little worried for Cheyenne Bays, man. It feels like she's she's angry, and I don't. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad. And, and maybe. I mean, listen, we, we had to talk about the loss, right? You had to bring right. it up, the, the yeah. loss. And, you know, obviously that was a big storyline, her and her husband making history, and it was all set up to be a, a great moment. They both lost. It's it's a setback. I didn't necessarily feel like she was mad at us no, particularly, no, 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 just, no. but just mad, just just absolutely angry. Uh, obviously she doesn't like uh, Montserrat Conejo very much, and she says while she did not indeed uh, follow that bitch home, <laughs> uh, she she would have had the USC staff asked her to, and she basically said, she basically dropped a, a more uh, elaborate version of on-site. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yes, like yes, she, she basically did. said she knows how it stands between us, and if uh, if we see each other, it's going to go down. But um, I don't know. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm uh, uh, I'm a little bit worried about Cheyenne Bays in this because – I, I don't know, man. I, I guess maybe you got to tap into what whatever you need to tap into, but going in with what seems like a massive chip on her shoulder against the world, against everything. She literally did say the world was against us uh, with her and her husband JP. I don't know, man. I'm a I'm a little I'm a little bit concerned here. And I, I picked. And by the way, I picked her. I picked. Did her. you? I, I did. Picked I did not pick I, her. And I'm, I'm, after seeing that today, I'm glad I did. I'm a little hesitant. Really? Yeah. You yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I just think that. Uh, I mean, while she's a great striker, the thing I took from today, <coughs> and, and perhaps I'm wrong and perhaps I just completely just went one way and then just wasn't going to come back the other way, was that I just felt that she spent the whole time blaming others the and, world. and didn't take any sort of uh, credit or blame for past performance. It was either I had so many injuries, I had so many whatevers, you know, my coach should have pulled me out. I should have did this. I wasn't at the right place. Just, you know, life took me here, and that's the only reason I was there. I didn't really want to be there. I just made the most of it, you know, this, this, this. You know, then now I'm back with my team. So, and my question is, if it doesn't go well, who's she going to have to blame after right. this? I just felt like there was no sort of self-reflection of, oh, I could have did this better. I did this. Th this is where I did something wrong. This. I just felt like it was It was always deflecting everything outwards. And for anybody that doesn't know, she she had been in, at, in Dallas at Fortis MMA. She left Fortis MMA to come back to Extreme Couture, which is where yeah, she started she was at career. Vegas and then yeah. went to Dallas. Which I was not aware of. I, yeah. I didn't know she had made that change. But So she, she, she went to Dallas, and she basically explained <coughs> it was she only went to Dallas because she had to, uh, because her, her husband was getting a green card and all that, and they yeah. had to be, that's where her family lives, so they had to be somewhere where they had residents and all this and and obviously if you have to be in Dallas you go train at Fortis MMA because it's a phenomenal yeah. camp but she said you know I really feel like my heart was at Extreme Couture you know and and, and maybe it is. so maybe that is a positive and but it just seemed like she had a chip on her shoulder today she, and, and, I, and she really did and not mean, in a good way yeah I mean and I, I am 100% uh, uh, behind her when she says that the team that's had Extreme Couture 
It's a hell of a team. What I found interesting, and I was going to ask you and just talk about it offline or whatever, is I thought it was interesting that she was saying, like, at Fortis, I didn't have a wrestling coach. Mm -hmm. There's no wrestling coach. I didn't have a striking coach. I just found that odd. You know, I've <laughs> never heard anybody complain about Fortis not having the uh, a level of coaching in those areas. Right. Everybody's there getting training something. Maybe they don't have a specific person. But I d I've never heard yeah, they anybody don't have like say that full, they don't have like that full time staff or whatever, which yeah. is which is interesting, I guess, because that that is always that's an interesting point I, I hadn't really thought about. You know, it's interesting because you know even when you talk about these huge camps, which obviously Extreme Couture is once again becoming a massive camp. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it has shrunk down for a little bit. It's becoming In a Vegas, massive camp. Pretty much two major ones. That's it. I mean, Extreme Shout Couture. Shout out Eric and, 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 for doing that. I feel like. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely, man. Eric's done a phenomenal job, and, and I get it, man. Good, why you good wouldn't want to be good on him getting the World MMA Awards nomination? I actually voted for him as coach of the year. Did you? So did I. Not a bad vote. Not he's a bad a, he's vote. He's a good dude. He now, who did you vote for the journalist of the year? Remember? Uh, which one? The journalist of the year. Did you? <laughs> Don't remember that category. Don't remember that. Uh, is, that is that the category there? Oh. It's the most important one. <laughs> um, but yeah, go on. Sorry. No, I was gonna say, but because and then you, even like you, know, you take like an American Top Team or like Jackson Winkum. Well, Jackson Winkum maybe wasn't as much, but American Top Teams won't do. Where even like within the camp, you kind of have like sub camps within yeah. the camp. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, those big mega ATT camps, especially, like, that, right? yep. ATT especially those particular ones that you said, when you start talking about a place that actually had dormitory for the fighters, like you're on a whole nother level. If you're like, oh, yeah, when fighters want to come to town, we can actually put them up in our dormitory. It's like, okay, yeah, you're, you're a mega camp, you know. So, of course, you know, Extreme here, you know, Syndicate's another, the other, probably one of the biggest ones that I would say is here. Um, those are huge camps, you know, and they've really, their momentum has swung. So for her to come back, She's at a great place. And those are places that, I guess, have a full-time person that can say, yes, I'm the wrestling coach. Right. Or, yes, I'm the striking guy. But they all still filter through for the main part. There's going to be those major coaches that they work with. You know, it, I, I guess it's unfortunate that, I guess, Fortis didn't have that person that she felt was what she needed. So if she feels that she's back there, she's back with something, the structure that she understands better and that it feels better that she can thrive and maybe it's just a matter of just being around the team if she's feeling like she never really felt uh at home there right that can affect the performance and maybe I, it, maybe the training in the camps didn't give her what she needed so oh, it absolutely has I, to me i think it's an interesting look into the psychology of a fighter right because on the one hand you have uriah hall who says man i've been looking throughout my whole career until, until i until i got to fortis and i that's me that's my that's home that's where i need to be and then you have the same person cheyenne base who says man i was in dallas and don't get me wrong and she was she was, look i'm not trying to be disrespectful you know there were a great group of guys there all but it, it's just not the right spot for me. I yeah. wasn't getting what I'm I needed I'm glad there. that she got back, brought that sort of back at the end because I, for the whole part I was like, fuck, you sound disrespectful completely. <laughs> Until she was like, I don't mean to sound disrespectful. I was like, okay, it sounded for, for a while there. Cold coffee goes hard for safe. Right? You know <laughs> what no. I mean? He's like, you well, will no, not but tolerate I mean, any disrespect to say so. But didn't you guys think that? Like, oh, when no, she no, first, I, I was yeah, like, yeah. wow. She, she, I was like, yeah. I actually sent John a message, and I was like, did she literally just throw like yeah, Fortis under the bus for don't, her don't loss? Don't you think it wasn't just Fortis? I like, I mean, I'm not trying to shit on Diane here, but like, I felt like she was just, you know, if you gave her long enough, she'd blame Lady Diana for something. Like she's right. just blaming fucking everything. Yeah, right, and I liked, I liked her. I mean, I was, I rooted her for her last fight. I thought her personality was incredible. She's not hard to look at. I like her, her energy. You know, uh, and then it just struck me as it like, it just struck me as something I was, was like, off. God. It just struck me as off. I was like, it struck yes. me as off. You know, and like she said, she did say, you know, even later on she, when she started talking about Eric and the team here and how she was happy, I was great to see the emotion, but she literally got a little teary about it. She's like, it's just the weight cut. So I'm not going to look too far in it because maybe part of what we saw today is a matter of weight cut. And she said things that maybe weren't properly 
formed. And that's why I was glad that she, at the end of things, was like, I'm not trying to, like, say this, this about yeah, Portis yeah. or whatever. You know, but it just because it felt like up to that point she was blaming all these past things that why they didn't work out to these injuries that, that she had been having. She didn't have the proper coaching or whatever. And that's why I said if it doesn't work out this one, then what is your excuse going to be? Yeah, and, and, and just to be 100% clear, like, I don't think any of us are sitting here trying to just pick on Cheyenne. Like, actually, you know. I, I like her. I, and I, like I, I, said, I, I think it was three of us like It right, was yeah. just off-putting where I'm like, ooh, is she not in a good place right now? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, so it's a little bit I, Probably bit just concerning. a shitty weight cut is all boils down to just a, a, a shitty weight cut. I, I think her and her husband are both, they both strike me as, you know, she said me at, at the world against us. They strike me as you get those guys who, who they want to feel like yeah. they're fighting against every you know the odds right. yeah. and everything like that. And I, I think she's just getting into that mindset. I mean, she's clearly a bit of a fucking savage. She threatened to follow a bitch home. I mean, it's like she's <laughs> yeah. clearly a fucking savage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was her first reaction. Was, I'm going to follow you home. She's clearly a fucking like. That's a great point. Do you know what I mean? So I think she probably just needs to get into that. And I think she she. How to word this in in women's division where like the the technicality is still maybe catching up to the guys. Oh, actually, I was about to say like her savagery will overcome that, but then she just lost to like a fucking yeah. Know. She got she got yeah. held down in that position. But but you are right. I mean, like you think about like Ronda Rousey was it, it, you know her judo was a big part of it, but yeah. it was also just her aggression. aggression yeah, you know yeah. that was a massive yeah. part of what made her so successful. Yeah, I think she's I I, I and I she has everything. She has everything around her that I can see that the UFC would love to get behind her, you know. And I think uh, she wins like a couple. She they'll they'll propel her. You get you'll see the machine behind her. But as we've basically, it feels like when someone talks like this, it's a concern. There's a limit to how much they can grow. You know, it, it, how much can you how much can you grow when it's um, you know. And also about the Fortis thing about oh, I didn't have the coaches, you know. Her and her husband seem to me like a pretty strong unit. Yeah. And it seems like not a lot of people get to go really into that unit or near that unit. And I wonder how much, like, does it hit? I mean, this is pure speculation. It's super irresponsible. But, like, I can imagine her and her husband being like, we'll train with each other today. We're not training with anyone else. Yeah. And I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Coach, there must be a point where coaches go, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Like, have yeah. at it. Hey, and listen, I, I can tell you, I mean, I, I guess it's an off-record conversation, but I don't think it'd mind being sharing. But, like, bef but, like, before she was on the Contender Series, like, Safe was telling me, he's like, dude, watch this chick Cheyenne like she's legit badass like just watch we watched her and we said know? like oh that girl is yeah. like yeah. so it's like they, they. I mean I know that Safe and the team there was, was behind her so again maybe maybe it's just that mindset she needs to be in and she's going to go out there and she's just going to F up Gloria DePaula and and, and, it'll, and it'll all be like, oh, yeah, that's just yep. where she need to be. But it just – That's the kind of fight that's going to play into her style because both these girls like to stand and bang. Yep. So, I mean, like that's what she needs. Canejo didn't want to have any bit no. of that. She's like, why should I? If you Scarf can't get me off of you, there. if you can't get up from me, I'm just going to fucking grind it out, and that's it. This fight probably is going to be bent in her better favor, but I still didn't pick her. So sorry, Cheyenne. All right. <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. Screen one way or the other. Uh, all right, listen, one of the things I like to do with this show is maybe shine a light on some people that don't, that don't get that light. And uh, I want to do that today with Jared Gooden, man. I, this dude, the energy that he brought in, the fact that – I respect the fact that, look, this guy's 0-2 in the UFC. He's had some good fights, but he's come up short. Uh, he knows, you know, what's at stake here, and, and yet he decided to take a fight on short notice, to come in on short notice, and uh, and he did that. And I, I, to me, man, I respect the hell out of that, and uh, I just thought he had a great attitude, and, and I thought he was actually kind of funny as well. So uh, here's uh, here's what Jerry Gooden had to say today. Jerry, give us the, give us a story. How did this come together? Because it came together uh, on, on rather short notice. 
Yes, sir. Um, I was only training with my coach. We're in our gym, and just the idea popped up. He said, hey, how about you hit up your manager, see if anybody falls out this weekend, you can take it. I sent my manager the text. He's like, Sean, just hit me up saying you need somebody. I'm like, dude, I want it. And so that's how we got here. That was Tuesday morning, so I'm just glad uh, glad my coach put that idea in the air, and I'm just glad I was able to capitalize on the ultimate opportunity. That's wild. So just fortunate timing, basically. Yes, sir. Like I said, go, go. So what made you, what, do you know what made you think, like, we're ready for a fight right now? Like, do you know what he, what, what, you know, why he thought that was the case? We're, we're always ready. Like, so I'm not one of those fighters who, like, take time off and shit like that. Like, I'm always in the gym, you know? So we, we believe uh, don't have to get ready if you stay ready. You know what I mean? So we're always ready. So like I said, this is just an uh, ultimate opportunity. I'm just glad we can take it. Very nice. With that said, I don't want to be the negative guy, but I mean, job could be on the line, right? So I mean, are there, are there any concerns like, that, hey man, if we're going to do this, we, we got to get a win. We, we need to game plan. We need to prep for an opponent. I mean, was there any of that kind of discussion? Um, no, it was, it, it was like, so it kind of was like, we know my job's on the line right now. Like I said, I'm, I'm owing to a UFC, but it's just one of those uh, go out there and get it done. You know what I mean? I'm one of those guys that is, I just want to go and do. You know what I mean? The more I think about it, the more it weighs on me, if that makes sense. That's why I like the short notice. I can just get in, get out, and just go. Nice. What do you think about Nicholas's opponent? Did you, I mean, have you had time to really break him down at all or anything? Nah, man. Like, as soon as I took the fight, uh, no, I haven't had time to look him up. My coach and my man and my uh, my teammate have. I don't really like looking at my opponents. You know what I mean? Uh, I like to leave the surprise for in the fight. You know what I mean? But I know they've put into our training and not even just the training, but the way we talk to each other and stuff like that is how we're preparing for him. So I'm just ready for anything. I'm just ready to step in there and just get the job done. Is that a situation where you don't really like to, to, to watch tape because you don't want to focus too much on what they're doing? Is that kind of the situation? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like watching an opponent. Like, I evolve every fight. You know what I mean? If, like, if you watch my first fight in the UFC to my last fight to this one you want to watch, see uh, the Saturday, I've evolved. You know what I mean? So if you're, if you're watching my first fight or my second fight, expect me to do the same thing, you're sadly mistaken. Nice. So when you said, hey, I'm ready for a fight, do they call you back and say, this is the guy, are you with it? Or do you just like, we've already got a fight for you, this is the guy. I mean, was there any consideration as to who the fight was with? No, nah, like, well, it was just uh, they need a guy. And so when they told me they needed it, I was like, I don't care who it is, put me in. That's what it was. So I didn't know the guy's name. I never really care. I just want to go out there and do. Very nice. Uh, what's the goal here then? I mean, you're coming in on short notice. I mean, is it just like, hey, we got to get a win at all costs because we're trying to protect our, our position on the roster? Or is it like, let's just go be exciting and see what happens? What's, what's the goal here? The game plan is, to, uh, is for the finish. You know what I mean? A finish always uh, establishes a, a comeback, if that makes sense. So... I'm not uh, – my only thought is to get a finish. Go out there, have fun, and get a finish. That's, that's what I'm thinking about. Nice. And lastly for me, I mean, do you feel like you're fighting with your back against the wall, or is it just – I mean, you've had a great fight, so maybe, maybe it's like, well, he's exciting, and he did step up on short notice, so we're going we're gonna to let him go anyway. I mean – No, I, I do believe I'm, um, my back's against the wall, and I, I kind of like it this way, especially even short notice. I like – I feel like everything's against me. You know what I mean? It just – pressure makes diamonds or, or it breaks you, and I believe it's going to make me a diamond. Hey, Jared. How's it going, bro? Good. Um, uh, I, I know that you had some work with Phil Rowe in the past, um, but you're fighting on the same card as him. How does that make you feel? Uh, I feel great because when me and Phil both got signed with the UFC after he won contender and I got signed, we were supposed to fight on the same card last year. It was August 22nd, and sadly he had to pull out because of injury, and then I had to pull out because of injury. But like, I just feel like it's destined, you know what I mean? Like We're supposed to be on the same card together. We're both going to be on the same card uh, this Saturday. We're both going to get wins together this Saturday, so I just feel like it's destined. I can't wait to go out there and do it. And they put you on the main card on ESPN. I mean, how's that feel? Uh, it's awesome. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not uh, too focused on it. I'm just focused on getting the job done. You know what I mean? I'm going in there. I'm going to fight, fight my ass off, and keep my job. Um, do you find it, I mean, your, your first two fights, but do you find it frustrating that you haven't been able to show the UFC fans, like, your, your finishing style? I mean, like, you, you sleep guys, and you, and, and, and you put them out, but you haven't been able to show that. Do you, do you find that frustrating? 
I don't want to say frustrated. Like, if, if I'm frustrated with anything, it's, it's, it's me, you know what I mean? Like, cause I have to do it, if that makes sense. But I don't want to say frustrated. It's just um, I've been learning a new skill. And while when I joined the UFC, I was learning, learning new skills to better, better myself. So really, it's just I'm going to go out there. I'm just going to show y'all uh, what I've been working on. This is what's going to happen. And finally for me, where did uh, Night Train come from? Seriously, uh, it came from my uncle. My uncle uh, used to draw for Marvel and like make comics for them. And so I'll never forget, I won the Georgia amateur title and my uncle was there with us. And my mom asked him, what would you name him? Because my nickname back then was My Bad. And he was like, he looked at me for a good minute and he's like, Night Train. And I'm like, why Night Train? He's like, because you're always moving forward like a train in the fight and you're dark as fuck. I'm like, ah, damn it, man. <laughs> This motherfucker. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. Bet, bet, hit you with my slogan. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Have a great day. All right, that was Jared Gooden. Uh, I, I thought, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I, like I said, I respect what he's doing, I, and, and I, I enjoy the energy, man. I thought you guys might enjoy uh, hearing from him. Maybe somebody you can you can cheer for a little bit on fight night. I'm against, cheering for him. I picked him. Against Nicholas Still <laughs> There you go. Yeah, you're, I think, the only one that picked <laughs> him, only, right? The only staffer, I think. That's crazy. So that would be a big one for Cold Coffee and his, uh, his uh, uh, repeat quest. Yes. I was about to say request. I was like, a quest Get that for a ring repeat. again. Get that second ring. A quest for a repeat is not a request, even though it sounds very <laughs> it similar. sounds very close. Uh, Zaruk Adeshev versus Ryan Benoit got moved up to the main card. I think that's going to be a fun fight. Stylistically, it should be fun. Again, uh, maybe not the most meaningful fight in terms of rankings, but I think it'll be fun. Uh, but then uh, one more little piece of audio I wanted to play for you. I, I know this wasn't the biggest UFC card ever, but uh, Brian Barberina, man, uh, I knew he had gone through emergency surgery and he had to pull out of a fight. Um, what I didn't know is exactly what had happened, and, and maybe the story was out there and I just didn't see it, and I apologize if that's the case. But either way, I was hearing it for the first time today, so I assume some other people might be hearing it for the first time. This is some pretty intense stuff, man. And uh, I just I – just, I mean, obviously I don't know how you don't like Brian Barberina, man. The guy's just a, a scrapper and a good dude, and, you know, where's his, where's his nail polish colored because of his daughter and, and all that, but um, – Man, what he went through is, is pretty intense, to say the least. So uh, I want you guys to hear this from Brian Barberino. Brian, man, welcome back. Um, what happened? Can you explain what, what you went through? Yeah, I ruptured uh, two arteries in my abdomen. I guess my momentum is what it, where the arteries were. It's a protective layer over your intestines and your stomach and everything like that. I guess they call it the – I was just looking it up because my wife – I had to ask my wife. I didn't know the technical – technical stuff but it's like the policeman of your body or whatever protecting everything all your uh, internal arteries and everything like that so I ruptured two arteries in there uh, it's a miracle that I'm here honestly it's a miracle they said two minutes longer and I was a goner so wow yeah. were, you, were you doing something when this happened or was uh, yeah I was training for the Daniel Rodriguez fight and uh, actually was the Friday the last training day before I had to Vegas and I uh, was doing my spar rounds Got kicked in the first uh, practice round and, you know, wasn't crazy hard or anything like that. Just kept going and finished my rounds, did great, hung out for a while, talked to the guys, and then it was time for me to head home, which is about a four-and-a-half-hour drive, and was driving and, you know, was starting to have some stomach pain and was telling my wife because I was talking to her on the phone, and she's like, well, you know, I'll come get you if you want to just pull over so that way you don't have to worry about it. I was like, oh, no, I'll make it. I'll be fine and I'll rest up and be good to fight next week. 
And uh, then I was driving, and all of a sudden, it's like I started tingling everywhere from my head to my toes, and then sweating like crazy, like I was just got done with a session. And uh, all of a sudden, my vision went out. And I was on the highway, and I was like, I'm telling her, like, oh my gosh, my vision went, I can't see, I can't see. And she's like, oh my gosh, you need to pull over. So all I can think was, like, okay, just swerve to the side and try to get to the side, fill my tires dip. And that's when I hit the side, you know, the side of the road to stop. So I did. Thankfully, there was no cars in the way or anything, you know, just, you know, cause any more destruction or anything like that. So got to the side, and she's like, call the ambulance. And I was like, I can't see. And so she's got hung up was trying to call and it just didn't work out. It just, uh, you know, everything, she, they kept transferring her and everything. Luckily, my vision came back. I called the ambulance, pulled off the highway into uh, a parking lot and happened to be a church parking lot. And, um, you know, the ambulance came and got me. My wife had to talk me in to get into the ambulance because I was like, well, how far is it? I'll just drive. You know, I don't want to worry about the cost of an ambulance ride or anything like that. It was stupid. Stupid at the time, yeah. Uh, and she, so she yelled at me, got in the ambulance, they took me over there. Um, you know, I was in fight mode. I was 100% in fight mode, ready to go into that fight, camp, you know, that fight. And uh, I guess the way I came off in the ambulance wasn't convincing enough for them to take me straight into the ER because they wheeled me out of the ambulance and took me all the way to the front registration desk, took me out of the gurney and put me in a wheelchair and said, oh, yeah, we're going to get you checked in. I was like, well, I think I need to go in a room right away. And they're like, no, nah, you know, we're going to get you checked in, you, you know, and they're, they're pretty busy right now. Well, I started to have another, like, uh, you know, symptoms while I was sitting in the wheelchair, started falling out, felt like I was going to pass out. And, uh, I mean, all I can get out was just, like, help me, help me, help me, please, something's going to help me. And luckily, like, the nurse was right there with me, and she was like, oh, my gosh, he doesn't look good. And the other nurse looked at him and was like, rush him to the back. So they took me back right away, and the doctor came right up to me and was like, what happened? And I was like, I got kicked in the stomach. I think I ruptured something. Threw me on the table, cut my shirt, ultrasound right away, call a trauma code, we're going to an emergency surgery. I was like, you need to call my wife. She's on, you know, she's driving here, she doesn't know where I'm at. I'm like, we'll call her as soon as you go. I was like, no, no, you need to call her now as they're wheeling me off. So he called her right in front of me, thankfully, told her where we're at, and, uh, you know, went right into emergency surgery. I had, uh, was almost four liters of blood in my stomach. Uh, they had to pump out, I had to get blood transfusion. They were able to pump some of my blood out and re cycle it or whatever and put it back in but end up having to get like three liters of infusion of blood done and then whatever they got left of mine so yeah it was just it's crazy man uh you know my wife got there and just wild it you know they called she's like they called me half you know i'm on my way and they're like get here as fast as you can and uh so it was it was a close call definitely a miracle and i mean there's a lot to the story and honestly a lot lines up you know God, man. I mean, I'm blessed. It's a miracle. Uh, God and angels definitely watching out for me, man. A lot lined up for it to be perfectly at that time to go to that hospital. It's an emergency trauma hospital. Uh, I would have been life flighted. I was, you know, minutes away from passing. That was the last exit in Asheville, passing that and being in the mountains where I don't really get any service or anything. So, I mean, it's a miracle that I'm here. It's a miracle that I'm able to fight again. You know, they were telling me, no, you know, you can't, you won't be able to fight anymore. We don't know what's going to happen, what can happen to you. Uh, it's going to really be, you know, you could try and see what happens and you, if you can do it, but we don't recommend it. So it's just like, well, if it's, you know, if I can try, I'm going to try. I can't just stop and not try because that'll eat at me. So uh, it's a long debate, long talks with my family, uh, my wife, my kids. Um, Definitely, and it's just excited to be here again.
It's unbelievable, man. So I guess uh, just the physical recovery process, was it, I mean, was it a, 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 you know, a process to get back to fighting condition? Yeah, uh, you know, it was, it was actually really weird because it's like they could give me no real timelines or real things to do. Uh, it was just kind of like, okay, for the first 12 weeks, try not to do more than walking, uh, you know, that's it. And then after that, you can kind of start testing things out, doing a little bit more, a little bit more, um, you know. And so it was just, I was still coming off the fight, you know, being going into that fight and everything, I had it in my head already. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm going to fight again. I'm going to fight again. Uh, so I didn't let myself blow up like I did when I had back surgery. You know, I got 240. That was, you know, crazy. So, uh, you know, this, I was like staying. I was like, okay, I'm going to walk as, as much as I can, as much as my body will let me. And then when it comes time, I'll start picking it up slow. Uh, ended up picking it up too quickly and uh, suffered an internal tear and that set me back. So I had to rest and it would heal by itself, not have to have surgery or anything like that again. But uh, set me back and, you know, just ended up stepping back, talking with my coach. And we came up with a game plan of things we were going to do, the pace we're going to do it, and uh, that we would start and see where we get. And then as we go, we just keep a steady pace all the way up until I get, you know, cleared. And then... From there, we'll continue to keep a steady pace up until whatever fight is. And uh, so that's what we did. You know, little by little, started with walks, started with keeping my, my heart rate uh, below 150, which is a lot harder than it seems. <laughs> you know, go on a run, keep your heart rate below 150. I'm having to stop like a couple steps in. Like, what's going on here? You know, let me just walk for a little bit or stand still. Uh, so we, we did some different things conditioning-wise. We did some things prep-wise uh, that really, ultimately, I think were better like I feel better than I ever have uh, we were able to work a lot of skill things a lot of conditioning things differently to build different areas of my conditioning different areas of my skills so I feel more well-rounded I feel super sharp and uh, I feel ready to go and better than I have before considering all you've been through I mean I guess is this kind of an, an emotional week for you to, to be back here and, and prepping you know a fight week again yeah it uh, absolutely is you know keeping it under control and keeping it under wraps you know uh, it's it's been an emotional ride it's it's been a long long camp uh like i said i travel for my camps i'm away from my family so that's even 10 times harder this time around because of the situation you know the risk of well you know hey tomorrow's not promised you know the next couple hours aren't promised you know this fight isn't promised uh you know something could happen i can tomorrow not wake up whatever you know nothing's promised so uh definitely living in the moment more uh so being here again, I mean, at the end of fight camp, it was that alone. And it was crazy because at the end of the fight camp, uh, you know, I reached in my bag, going to head home, everything. I had a great session, everything. Reached in my bag, going home, pulled my clothes out, went to shower, realized that when I changed, it's the exact same clothes that I wore that same day. Same shirt, same everything, because I had a double, I had the same shirt, and the one they cut off me, something in the trash somewhere, but... Uh, yeah, it's the same same style shirt, everything. The shorts happen to be the same shorts. I mean, I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? Like, I'm a little worried, you know, but I don't believe in like, uh, you know, oh, this is bad luck if I wear this. You know, we're going to work through it. We're going to get through it. So, uh, yeah, rock that rock that shirt and, and clothes all the way home. And uh, it was good, man. It was a great weekend with my family. And here's fight week, man. It's been a long time coming. And I'm super excited to be here. It's definitely, uh, it's been a ride. That's awesome, man. On a much lighter note, you went with the, the multicolor fingernails this week. Was, it, was that the theme? Yeah. Oh, my daughter, man. She picks the colors and everything. Got a little glitter on the pinky, you know, some colors on the U.S., Columbia also. So, 
you know, a mix of everything here. She does it all. I dig it. I dig it. Last thing for me, I guess, you know, the, the battle that you got through to come back. I mean, what's the goal when you go in there? I mean, like you said, you got to live in the here and now. So does this change the way you approach your fighting career as well? I mean, like you're not thinking about like rankings or whatever. I mean, does this change like what you're wanting out of a fight or what you're wanting out of your career? Uh, you know, I haven't thought about rankings in a while now. You know, uh, for me, I just, I don't know, anything could happen. You know, people are moving up the rankings uh, you know, out of nowhere. So, not really worried about rankings, not worried about fighting people in rankings, whatever. If it happens, it happens, great. If they have a number by their name, great. If they don't like the guy I'm fighting, great. You know, I'm gonna fight. Uh, I enjoy this. Uh, if I didn't, and if I didn't love this, I wouldn't be here. Um, and especially that was a big thing, you know, talking with my family is like, you know, dude, is it worth it? You know, I felt, I felt bad wanting to come back. I felt bad wanting to continue to fight. Uh, my family is the most important thing to me. Um, if they don't want me to fight, then I shouldn't fight, you know. Um, they're what they matter most, and their time being with them is what matters most. This is, this is just, you know, whatever. It's something I love to do, for sure, but it's, it's, not, it's not that important. Uh, I can make money doing other things where I'm with them all the time, figure something out. But uh, fighting makes it able for me to be with them a lot of the time so uh and i really love it and so the fact that i love it talking with them and everything and this is the way i support my family uh and i'm happy to be here and continue to do it and it doesn't really change how i look at the fight i'm just going to go in there and live in the moment i love this it's fun i'm going to go in there and have some fun on saturday All right, guys. Uh, Brian Barberina, man. I don't know. Look, I don't know if you guys knew the whole story, and, and I didn't. Maybe no I missed clue. out. But I mean, I knew he had the surgery, and I. But I, I just didn't know it was quite so harrowing, man. Yeah. That was that was pretty intense to me, dude. I, I tell you what, like, there's a. I, I can't really imagine a reality where I'm on a fucking freeway and be like, oh shit, I'm blind, right? Like, that's and so he was like, dude. Fortunately, there were no cars, so I just pulled up. Like, like I didn't hit him. Can you imagine? Honestly, I can't I, imagine that. Like, you can't see anything, and you're driving in a moving vehicle. And you have to predict where the road ends. He's like, oh, my tire dipped down, so that's when I was like, the fuck? I would have not a chance. Oh, my God. That's crazy, man. Anyway, happy to see him back. I will say, and, and look, look, I, I'll just, I mean, we're being honest here. That's what we do, right? Um, it's scary, right? Like, yeah. is, like, and again, the condition he's talking about, I have no idea. Like, is that just something that your body is predisposed to, or is it just a freak accident? But, like, does that like? Are you not going to be a little bit scared when he yeah. takes like? A, and by the way, if you're Jason Witt, again, this may be a little bit dark, a little bit morbid. But if you like, wouldn't you just come out and like kick him right in the body just to start so with and it, see what happens? It, he said something that uh, it struck a chord with me initially, and then the more I digested it, I was like, no, no. When he was like, oh, you know, there are risks, sure, but there's a risk I can go outside and get hit by a bus. I'm like, oh, that's true, and then I'm like, no. That's a bit like comparing, like, oh, there's a risk. Uh, you know, I could go outside with a bus ticket and stand in a bus lane. I might get hit by a bus. It's right. like, you know, you, you, your risk, you, your percentage alters a little bit. So, yeah, it does make me. Um, I'm, 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 like, it's incredibly inspirational. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I like, and dude, again, I like Brian Barberini. I've always liked Brian yeah, Barberini. He's I got like, a he's great, a tough, I mean, tough guy. That's it, right? Puts on great fights, good dude, loves his family, but like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like I'm going into the fight like scared for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a bit different to like Brock Lesnar's Divekita. You know, right. whatever the fuck that word is. It's it's a bit different to that. It it does feel 
Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's I mean, I've never even heard of it, so it can't be like yeah. something that happens frequently. Yeah. But like, still, like, ugh. actually, it just reminds me back to Cheyenne when she kept being like, "Yes, I went to this doctor. He told me I have to have surgery. I went to another one. He said I have to have a surgery, but it's fine. I don't need surgery." <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. If you say that, but uh, yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, in more in more of a way than usual, I'll be happy to see him like leave the cage. Yes. Okay. Yes, I agree. Uh, all right, listen, we're not going to break down all the prelims, but uh, and again, it, it, you know, I don't want to say it's not a, a deep card. Uh, look, I, I know a lot of people are pointing to Trevin Jones and Ronnie Lawrence as a fight that could potentially be a fight of the night type contender on the prelims, but guys, uh, anything stand out to you is like just things you're going to be paying attention to. I mean, again, it's not the oh yeah, it's not sure. the deepest card in the world, but um, you know, the Jin Yu Frey and uh, Ashley Yoder. Yeah, yeah. I feel you <laughs> I mean, might be one, paying uh, attention to that fight for some reason. I, and and, I, and clearly. I mean, Clearly, because of uh, yes, the tactics styles that are going to be styles. Dude, look at her record, fight. man. Like she's eight and seven. For I mean, God's sake. I mean, yeah. this is. I I, this is I a had fight. a feeling you would be tuned in. I'm I'm going to be very focused on watching on that. To one. that fight, Oscar. <laughs> I know you may look at things through a slightly different lens, considering. I mean, you're a you know a journalist of the year nominee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine you might. See, look I don't at have that pressure. I can yeah. I can just still be a dude. Yeah, I'm a journalist <laughs> of the year who doesn't know who half of these motherfuckers <laughs> are. Yeah, no. Um, listen, I think uh, you know the old adage that. Oh, if you don't know the names on the card, the card's always the best. Well, never before has that been put to the test, as with this card. <laughs> I will say, like, the return of Nico Montano. Um, Snake-bit career. Yeah, like, just, just uh, you know, it's it's such a shame. And it, this is kind of the negative, the mercilessness of fans, right? Like, she missed, she, she missed weight, but I guess we haven't really understood. She missed weight in, like, the most fucked up, like, dangerous right. way. Yep. And for that, she'll be forever tarred as this, like, terrible champion and stuff. Um, so it'd be nice to see her get back and get to put some of those demons to rest. Chris Grootsmacher. Grootsmacher. He's yep. not too bad. That's the best you can muster Chavez Kamaka is going to be a good one. <laughs> dude, like, he's not too bad. That wasn't even an act, dude. I just literally <laughs> read his name. I was like, oh, he's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Ashley Oda's, you know, Ken likes her. So yeah. that's good, yeah. No, it's it's look. It's not the deepest prelims again. You're, you're right. It will be put to the test as to whether or not you know the ones who don't like. But Nico, I am intrigued by the Nico story, man. I feel like I, I, she's another one that I almost feel sorry for. Like I just feel That's like it, she's me, been I ostracized for some. I mean, I get why. But she got she got the Durandami hate. You know yeah. where it's just like people just decide this is a person we're piling on, and I think she's a bit of a sweetheart. I do too, actually. It was crazy. It is, how about this? This is kind of crazy. So we did the media day, and as we were wrapping up, I saw her walking Same, in to do. Yeah. Now again, we were just talking. We, we were just talking to the folks on the main card, right? But like, it is weird to be like, that's a former, former UFC champion. champion walking through. Just we're not talking is it, is to it, her. But is it because she came straight off, off a tough? You think? Yeah, definitely. Because. I feel like Carla still doesn't really get that rub either, you know? Like, I agree. Because Carla came off tough and then got... Because when you see a former UFC champion, like, that means something, man. You know, like, that's... There's not that many of them. That's right. But the, I do... I think you're absolutely right. The ones that get awarded it on the Ultimate Fighter... Yeah, it's tough. Don't get that same I respect. tough. Uh, yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, Durandamy doesn't get it either, right? <laughs> no, yeah. she, she really doesn't. Or women. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe <laughs> that's it. <laughs> He's bronze status. <laughs> oh, too funny. All right, listen. Further, doesn't the guy, the Ryan, I don't know how you say his name, Koski? Mm-hmm. 
he's a badass, isn't he? Yep. That's starting the night off. He's I think he's undefeated. Well, I, mem- I remember his float. name. That could be it. I could mean, Orion's a, a cool name, right? But did, right? We, was he, did he fight fight Island or did he? No, I was a, he was a contender series. Contender series. Yeah, and he like destroyed. I, t- I, t- it, I tell you what, I don't, I don't think this next season is going to be the same. Not to drag the pod out, God, but the, so the the contender series usually produces like sick little fighters. Right. They must be running out of fucking people by now. We'll see. I don't know, man. Some of the names they put out there, like, I, get I will say them. this. You know, they've started to announce a couple of the fights. There's a lot of international this talent. Is, like, I, th- I believe this is the yeah. international season. Yeah, right? so I'm pretty uh, – I, I will see. By the way, yeah, that's starting in, a, like, a couple of weeks, basically, right? We're going to wow. be back. We're going to be doing – I was, two, I was, two weeks. dude. I was making a joke, man. Like we could just Is leave. It two weeks time? No, no, yeah. two a week. Two oh. a week because we'll have yeah, Tuesday yeah, night yeah, fights yeah. and Saturday yeah, night fights at the same venue. I was joking, like we should just leave our gear at the Apex. You but know dude, what I mean? The first we asked them that before. They said we just couldn't guarantee the safety of it, and I was like, yeah, all right, I'll take my, never I'll mind. take my fucking chance to be honest, dude. Like he's, but the, the I'd love to be able to leave my tripod and all that stuff. Do you remember the last time we did two? The last time we did two weeks was in the tent in the parking lot. Do you remember? Like for also, how funny is this? There's a period of time where. We were in the tent in the parking lot, and we were angry. Like, why can't we stay in this tent in the parking lot? Oh, I lot? said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, wait, I did when they when they because at first they brought us in, they but they had us in that back room. And that well, it was, was because if you did the tent in the parking lot, you didn't have to test, right? Wasn't yeah, that yeah, it? Yes, like, so yes, once you yes. got brought inside, yeah, you had to take an extra We had pure test. Stockholm syndrome. Like, I don't want to go got, inside. Even though we get as close to the fighter as we do now, yeah. It was just the fact that we'd be inside, and it's like like we were tainting the air or something. I know. We're gonna have to go back to COVID testing at some point. Like, oh. yeah, I'm curious about that too, uh, man. Like they, uh, it's, this is like way oh. too behind the scenes. Better not press. No, nah, but this has been our life for a year and a half. Our, our life for a year and a half has been built. I'm around curious, COVID. man, because if it's mo- if it's masked for everybody, the next logical step would be test for everybody, has right? Be. Has to be. Can't right. be that far away. I'll be a, I'll be a salty little. I thought young I man. was done at 104. It looks like it may be picking up the list again. All right, listen, uh, we're not covering Bellator 263. Obviously, uh, we do have a lot of coverage out there. Uh, Danny Segura is out there. Nolan King, the mayor, of the fight sphere, has made his way out <laughs> the to Los Angeles. The Baron of Bellator has made his way. Simon Smano, of course, of lives in uh, li- lives in Los Angeles area, so he'll he's covering it as well. I don't think he's covering Fight Night. He's got some. Uh, family plans going on, but he's been covering fight week. Uh, I, I just want to make a mention of it because, look, it's a good card. It's a really good card. The main card especially is great. I mean, Bellator is doing a much better job of putting meaningful fights on the prelims now. It's no longer just, you know, local ticket sellers, that sort of thing. So the prelims are, are full of contracted fighters as well. It, it, it's a good prelims as well. Um, but the main card is, is very, very solid. Uh, Islam Mamadov versus Brent Primus is one that's kind of uh, flying under the radar that could be a fantastic fight. Usman Nurmagomedov is on there. That's a great one. Mads Brunel versus Emmanuel Sanchez could be an absolute Mads is banger. Mads is legit, man. He's he's. I, I, I think he got a raw deal in the UFC, man. He did, I think for he should sure. still he's, be he's there. A mad talent. Um, but it all boils down to Patricio Pitbull Ferring and AJ McKee. Uh, to me, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I honestly believe it's the biggest fight in Bellator history. Now, here's what's funny is, you say biggest fight in Bellator history, you know, you start talking about, like, Chael Sonnen fights and Kimbo fights and, and that sort of thing. You know, they may end up, like, those may have gotten better uh, numbers, but the this, to me, out, out of cu- meaningful. Out of curiosity. Oh, meaningful, yes. Especially you know I mean? homegrown talent. So that's what, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. But out of curiosity, what? It, numbers wise, what would be? Would it be is, is Kimbo versus someone? It's pro- it's got to be Kimbo Dada. You know what I mean? Like it, I think, it, it, dude, it, it probably fucking is Kimbo Dada. A man nearly died pr- in did, that fight. I did pretty crazy numbers. But what about Kim, Kimbo Ken? It's got to be there. 
I mean, do, do you, ironically enough, the biggest fight in Bellator history would have been Kimbo versus Chael or Kimbo Fedor. So do you know true. what I mean? That's what it actually would have been. So true. So that's what. So when I say it's the biggest, like I don't necessarily want to mean statistically. Like I don't know what the ratings mean. And of course, we're not even going to see the ratings, right? Because it's on Showtime. They don't release ratings. But to me, in terms of impact, and I'll even say like, because I think some people might throw out, well, what about Alvarez Chandler? And that's, that's there that's too. That's too early. Though. It was too early. You're exactly right. It was too early, especially in Chandler's development. That was the time where people were like, I don't know about this Chandler guy. He's just over there, you know, starching cans and Bellator or whatever. This to me is two guys that are ranked, two guys that are just, I mean, legit. And as you said, homegrown talent. I mean, yep. this is these are guys that made their entire. This is not imports brought in from somewhere else. You know, you know, with yeah, with Alvarez Chandler, you had the homegrown talent Chandler, but you brought over Eddie Alvarez, right? This, so, this is like the one where it's like. A, if they had their era of old, like the old, you know, Bellator was the place for the old fighters. This can be the era where it's like, no, we're starting our own, our own stamp on MMA. This could be that fight, you know. Completely and, agree. And being Bellator, it'll end with a fucking eye poke or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> like some fucking oh my tragedy, god! Man. Knocking on wood right now. Please don't let that happen. Uh, so big card. Uh, like I said, we got full coverage. MMA junkie uh, Nolan King, uh, the mayor of the fight sphere, the Baron of Bellator. Baron of Bellator. He's hoping been, that stick. He's been crushing it. Trying. Uh, Danny Sakura over there as well in the Time Smiles. We've got full coverage over there. Uh, won't spend a ton of time talking about it. We'll be happening at the exact same time. Um, hopefully I won't get in too much trouble because I will have a, uh, a small little window of my browser open in one corner. I did, I've only done that one. Of the, I did it with the Triller fight, the last Triller fight. Um, oh, having but, it open on, in, in the room? Yeah, in the Apex. Uh <laughs> I, 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 which I don't think they cared about that, but it will be interesting to see if somebody walks up and be like, you really need to turn that Bellator off here in the Apex. I've done it twice. One time with Triller with uh, Askren versus Jake Paul, I had it and I was trying to be all sneaky. And then I, like in the middle of the room, I just went, oh my God, he just slept, Jake, uh, he just slept Ben Askren like that in front of everyone. So that <laughs> didn't work. And there was a time I was watching a Bellator event and uh, a member of the PR walked past and she went what's that on your screen and I was like trying to you know like I've fucking been caught watching porn or something I was like no no no, no. <laughs> that's basically what it is it's like somebody walking in and he yeah. watching some porn that's hilarious man alright well World MMA Award nominated Oscar Wills appreciate your time I know you thank gotta you. run I know you got oh, a yeah, schedule yeah, go, so uh, thank you for, for being here I appreciate yeah. it. we're gonna busy we're gonna carry Thursday on my night. I know it's a busy Thursday night without question thanks for coming Oscar thanks for not you know like teasing my MMA Award you. nomination and you know I like really you. being a bit of bitch about <laughs> see you later guys Hilarious. See you. thank you brother alright listen uh, we've talked about the UFC we've broken it down we've talked about a little Bellator uh, I feel like we still, you know, got a little bit more time, a little bit more energy left in us. But where but should we go? I don't know where to go. Where I, do we go? Kokari, I don't know where to go. How do I know what we should do next at this point in time? Can you help me understand where should we should take this I podcast? Wonder, I wonder if we should go to the roadmap. <laughs> We're so terrible cue, at that. Cue the non-existent roadmap, roadmap. I'm going to work on that. That's on, that's on a to-do list. The audio I'm just coming. happy that I remembered now to ask for the roadmap submission. Yes, by the that's way. two uh, weeks in a row. Yeah, that's it. right. What, from what I understand, you do have a jingle coming. The, the music is set up for it. But, <laughs> but from what I understand, it's, it's been tracked at this point, but you're, you're yeah, remastering it. Yeah, in, in it, my uh, furthest depths of my mind, it's been, it's, <laughs> the track's been. Uh, <laughs> he laid it all idea, down. Yeah, the idea there is just I just got to get it on tape. You know, just got to get it in there. So. By the way, I should mention, if you enjoy what you listen to, please, wherever you're watching, listening, uh, if you're watching, that would be weird because we don't do video. But if you're listening and you want to go ahead and just rate us and review us, we'd appreciate that. The feedback helps us out. 
Uh, yeah, I guess if you're watching, you're actually here inside <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings right now, Warren Springs and Drago. So you, sir, can you please make sure and rate us and review us? Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, for anyone else, if you'll just uh, help us out wherever you're listening. And if you want to take your game to the next level, patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. You can sign up to support us for as little as $3 a month. That's nothing. That's nothing. You'd buy us a cold beer if you saw us, wouldn't it? Yeah. No, it's like you're buying us a cold beer. Because basically that is what we're doing. We're taking your money and we're, and we're buying, buying cold beer, beer with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we are, you know, paying for the server fees and all those things we have to do as well. But it, it helps us out quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you get exclusive access to the and-a-half shows that we do mm -hmm. every week. And also, you get to submit to the roadmap. roadmap. And you're also getting tips from the number one and number two picks guys right now. For you gamblers out there. Hashtag just saying. Just saying. Just saying. It it might help a little bit. It All might right. help a little bit. All right, so Let's our first one, uh, there's a couple submissions from our friend Daniel, so I'll go ahead and start with the first one. All right. Hey, boys, I recently saw a YouTube clip about Joe Rogan's take on the UFC Hawani situation. He mentioned that, I am paraphrasing, one of the reasons Ariel wanted to break the news first was because he wanted to shine and to be popular. The other point was that the UFC is a private company and has the right to break its news and also the right to refuse refuse access to reporters i understand both points and since i'm not a journalist i'll leave you both to elaborate a little bit for me if that's okay with y'all even that the point has been beaten to a pulp already <laughs> sorry for the long-winded question keep it frosty dan aka the real haitian sensation the real haitian sensation he's got some problem with neil yeah. magny uh no listen okay so he included a link to the clip and i and i did have to go listen to this clip because i was not familiar with this um i had not heard this clip before I'm going to preface it by saying it sounds like it's very old to me. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it ha that was from, like, years ago, back when the whole USC 199 situation was happening. I don't yeah. know if that's accurate, but based on the quotes that were given in there, it sounded like this was back in those days. Yeah. Uh, so th I'll preface it with that. I don't think this is a new clip. Uh, and so maybe Rogan's views have changed on it since then. But what I will say is um, – Eric Hawani was 100% in the right to break any and all news that he deemed fit, right? Yep. Any and all that he discovered, that he reported on, all that. The problem came in, and I think Ariel has talked about this. The problem came in that he worked for Fox, but his checks were cut by the UFC. And so Dana and the UFC, I think, essentially considered him to be working an for them. Working for him. And yep. that's why, you know, Arrow's opened up about, like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. You know, it was a and, and, and it is considered a conflict of interest. When you hear things talk about conflict of interest, this is exactly it. Ariel didn't feel that he was doing anything wrong. He gathered this information. He thought, is that another whole thing about, well, oh, but it's a, it's a UFC announcement. They wanted to make the announcement. That's not our job. Like, we don't – like, yeah. if, if we break news that before the UFC does, like, it's not our job to be – so here's the thing is that, like, had that been, for instance, me or Oscar Willis or somebody else that broke that news, Dana couldn't say anything because it's yep. – we don't work for him. Like, we're just reporting news. Is it factually correct? Yes, it's factually correct. So then what have we done wrong? Well, we wanted to announce it. Well, sorry. I heard it ahead of time, and yep. I decided to announce it because yep. I thought people needed to know the news, you know? Um so Ariel didn't do anything wrong in terms of as a journalist. So you say as a journalist, Ariel didn't do anything wrong. The problem is that there was a conflict of interest in the fact that his, his check was coming from Zufa, and therefore Zufa looked at him as a USC employee. Now, was he? Not technically. He worked for Fox, but that's where the whole conflict of interest situation comes in, and they felt like, hey, they should be able to tell him, like, no, don't announce it. So I understand Dana's point of view, 
because if he's cutting a check, and you know, from his point of view, he's like, bro, I'm writing a check to you. Yep. Don't ruin our announcements. Yep. But that's where the whole, like, is he an employee, is he not an employee, who's he working for came in. So yep. I think Ariel's touched on this over the years. So as a journalist, Ariel did absolutely nothing wrong. However, as he's admitted, there was a conflict of interest, and that made it a little bit gray, and that's why Dana got pissed off. Um, you know, and, and, and believe me, there's a whole lot of backstory between Dana and Ariel and the yeah. conflicts that they've had. There's a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes. So I guess if anybody thinks, like, that's the only thing that ever angered, uh, like, that's the reason Dana doesn't like yeah. Ariel, that's not it. That might have been the straw that just broke the that camel's back. That was the back. straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. But bottom line is, as a journalist, absolutely not. Ariel didn't do anything wrong in reporting the information. But because of the gray area, the conflict of interest, that's why it became an issue. And, and yeah. he's, he's admitted as much publicly. You know, he wishes he hadn't done that. It was, a sh but, but that's why Dana got pissed because Dana was treating him as if he was an employee, yeah. even if he wasn't technically an employee. And I remember and it got a little nasty too because when Dana, you know, being Dana and, and, and flew off the rails, he didn't just lash out at Dana. He, he lashed out at the whole organization and he actually banned for a short time uh, Esther, right. Casey right. had them all, you know, escorted from uh, a venue, you right. know, and that was just really, really shitty. And I think after the fact, he was like, "You're right." I kind of flew off, flew off the hinge, and you know, and the powers. Yeah, there was absolutely you know, no. They had no brought, reason to pull yeah. Casey and Esther out. Yeah, of there. cooler heads kind of got him back in that. But you're right, and I can't say it any better than that. I can, I can just only attest to the fact that as an employee, that the the, the, U, the as a former employee, the UFC is very particular in how they want to deliver. Their story, their their information, everything, you know, everything is filtered through a certain lens. So, you know, if if there was any sort of inkling in Dana's mind or the UFC's organization that Ariel was an employee, I could see where completely they would have took it as a slight if they were like, "Bro, we had plans for this. You know, this is what we spend money to schedule when this stuff is released." And that's why it always irked the PR team when Dana would release information that he wouldn't. And that's the stuff that all the journalists love because they were like, "Dana, tell it." You got any news? You going to break right. anything? And that still happens to this day. I used to, Jen Wink was, used to be hilarious. Jen Wink yeah. is a former head of PR for the USC. Used to sit in on those scrums. This is back when Dana used to do like the 45 minutes with us afterwards. And it was so hilarious because you'd see her back behind Dana. And first she'd be taking notes. Like, what has he broken that screwed yeah. up our plans? And she, he would say stuff and she would just be like, shit, like, shit. And it wasn't like a, like a, like an obvious shaking her head. You know how like, like you subtly, like you don't even really mean to. Oh, and yeah. You're just like. You know, know what I mean? or her whole demeanor <laughs> change. Yeah, it's you know. So I mean, I can see that. So yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think it, it would have been completely different if it was just them. If they saw an out outside uh, entity breaking news, they, they have no legs to stand Can't on when, it, when they they get upset. So um, unfortunately, that's what that that whole situation. But we haven't seen it since. Yep. You know, I mean that. I think that a lot of people kind of learned you know, what to do and what not to do. And I think the UFC also, you know, kind of just realized, hey, you know, uh, be, be, be better tight-lipped about your shit. But most of the stuff to get people go now, they just go to the managers. They don't go to the UFC. They, nah. they you know, you know what, what, what can the UFC really ever break anymore? Because <laughs> it's already been released. And they do. And, you know, the UFC, I know for a time, they used to be really very much like, if this news gets – I mean, I've, I've heard that they would say behind the scenes, if this news gets out of this booking, we'll yep. take the fight away. Yeah. Because we know it's you, and we'll yeah. take the fight away. But I think they've kind of softened their stance on that. They're yeah. just like, it's not that That's important. why it's always funny when they release on the pay-per-views or something. They're like, here's the shows coming up. Everybody's like, okay, yeah, we were right yeah, about yeah. that. We were right like, about this. Like. We were right about that. Okay, <laughs> let's just – now we have it confirmed. That's funny. You know, so – sorry. There so there's there's that question from Daniel. Now we're going to jump down to our uh, our favorite guy that loves to tease you, Joe from H-Town. 
Uh, would Leon Edwards have gotten a title shot if he was an active Trump supporter? <laughs> I just totally disagree with Colby getting the next shot when Leon is right there. Dana favors people all the time, even if they show up to his poker table with his side piece <laughs> on camera. SMH shaking my head. Oh, Joe from H Town. Well, we look he forward likes to, to poke getting the bear. look forward to getting down to H Town, and I think Joe said he's going to bring the cooler bring by. The cooler. So I appreciate that. Unfortunately, cold coffee won't be in H Town, but nope. uh, you know what? I will consume cold coffee's beverages for him, <laughs> and I will up. You're going to fall asleep even will, that much sooner. Up my <laughs> yo, yeah, dude. Last time it was rough. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Listen. Obviously, Joe from H Town likes to poke the bear and joke a little bit. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't justify why Leon Edwards doesn't have a title shot at this point. To be honest with you, uh, I guess we're saying that Colby Covington has some Dana White privilege. I think that's. I, I think, think that's, that's what this. I think that's what this boils down to. Is 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 this another case of Dana White privilege? I, it's coming Dana out? White privilege. Uh, but you know what? I, here's what's interesting: is uh, yeah, yeah, because you, you know you said it. You know the, the poker room incident at the Palms, and it's just the fact that Colby. I mean. Uh, Good Lord. I mean, the things he says sometimes, the way he riles people up. Um, I don't know that necessarily Colby's one of, like, Dana's favorites. Right. I just think that that fight was one of his favorites, and it was, yep. right? I mean, he tested Usman, right? I mean, yep. he really did test Usman, and yep. I think, you know, this is an opportunity. And I hate to say it, but Leon Edwards, you know, he doesn't move the needle, which is, you know, yeah. th which is ironic because that was the quote that was used to describe Nate Diaz, the infamous quote. And, then, you know, Nate Diaz does very clearly move the needle, and, it's a damn shame. I mean, Leon Edwards wins 24 of 25 minutes against Nate Diaz, and the storyline comes out as, you know, if that's a street fight, you would have gotten slept and, and you're dead. And But, I, you know, I, look, I, I, I do not like the treatment of Leon Edwards, but I think there was a situation that he wasn't necessarily exactly ready to fight either. Um, and I know Usman is, is wanting to take that fight. So, uh, yeah, look, at the end of the day, I know that, that, that Joe from H-Town is not the biggest Dana White fan in the world, so anything he can do to pick him apart, he's going to. But in this particular instance, um, yeah, I, you know, I think some of it has been, Us you know, has been uh, Edwards, I should say, own doing. But, uh, damn, man, I wish uh, I, I, I wish, uh, I wish he would, would have a title. I hope he doesn't have to fight again, man. I hope, I hope they'll give him that. I'm going to let you read over Daniel's question, see if you can make sense of what he was trying to ask there. And I'll just chime in the fact that, yeah, I mean, it, is this Dana White privilege? Who knows? I mean, I think it is more of the matter of, you know, with Colby, everybody's going to be talking about it. You mm -hmm. know, whether it's good or it's bad. Does he cross the line sometimes? Sure. But does he ever cross it to a crazy degree? I yeah. Felt, I felt <laughs> like today, but I felt like today some of the stuff that Sean Strickland oh. actually took it further yeah, you yeah. know, there was some stuff today where I was like, okay, that's just yeah. really, really yeah, Towards bad. the end of it, we didn't play the whole thing. Like I said, towards the end of it, he started getting, he started talking about wars. Yeah, and, and you know, whether this country should get bombed and all this other stuff. And it's just like, okay, you're, you're going a whole nother level, you know, that even even Colby doesn't say. Colby yeah. will call him a snowflake and this, 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 but he's he's not calling for American deaths yeah. or something. And it's not that Sean actually said that, but that's. When you ask for this country to get bombed, that's what you're. That's you're kind of what you're, not, you're, you're, you're saying. But can you make sense of what Daniel yes, was saying there? The, the real Haitian sensation chimed in again. But you know what, man? When you're supporting the show, you get to you get to have two questions if you want. <laughs> he said, I, "I'm going to take the liberty and ask some more questions." What happened to? Uh, he said, M "Me Jones, the conspiracy theorist, that y'all got fired from the UFC." Just kidding. Not LOL. That's fiasco, Jones. That oh. uh, that I I now I get it. That I uh, I 
I guess we did get fired from the UFC. I mean, you technically, did. technically, you did. You 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 made up. You said his name and said that he worked for the UFC. I, I actually I, didn't. I uh, well, I I, I appreciate you. <laughs> Uh, giving me the credit, man. That's one thing about you is that you know I, I, credit I where credit, credit is due. You always say, "Hey, man, it's not just me; it's you." It's so you. thanks, bro. In this particular situation, uh, I really appreciate the fact that you give me that kind of credit. And 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 I can, you know, you never try to take credit away. I guess from I, I me. guess I will take credit. I, I just I did suggest that we bring Fiasco on that day. You did. You like, was we my should idea. get Fiasco. Okay, sorry. So I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take I'll take my part of the blame. Uh, Fiasco's doing okay. Fiasco actually, uh, he's doing video work for a fitness company where he's. Please uh, don't name it. I don't even remember what the name of it is. <laughs> honestly, I don't even remember what the name of it. <laughs> the last time we named where he worked, he got uh, fired from it. So I really don't. No, he's uh, so he's, so doing he's back at the he's Pepsi body editing. plant. Back, yeah, he's back, back at, at the, the Pepsi, Pepsi body plant. He, he's back staring at the windows and you know saying weird things. Uh, so he's doing video and he's not doing as much shooting if at all. He's be more video editing. But uh, the, supposedly the business is well. I'm actually trying to ask him the other day because we went and saw a, a baseball game together. I was like, dude, you got some side work or something? And he said business picking up. So uh, he's doing well. So, I'm, I, yeah, it's weird. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't catch on that's what that question was going on. I was thinking John Jones. and then, But now when uh, you read the conspiracy theories, I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, he has an entire podcast about – Conspiracy theories, basically, right? Yeah, or weird, like, random stuff, odd odd things in the world, you know. So a lot of it, yeah, it's conspiracy series stuff. Uh, but, no, he's doing well. He's doing well. His his kid, Charlie, is – I forget Charlie's age. Charlie's growing up, getting big. Um, him and his wife won a, a damn another Emmy together, or they won Did an they Emmy really? together. She won, like, another Emmy on her own. She's got, like, 50,000 of them. Uh, so no, he's doing he's doing well. Uh, but yeah, I saw him the other day and played some ball. Uh, we uh, watched a ball game, so he's he's doing pretty good. And if you're one of the many uh, MMA Roadshow listeners who could not get enough Fiasco Jones in your life, Odd Normal is the name of his podcast. Odd right? Normal, yeah. Odd Normal is the name of his podcast. Yeah, so check that out. Because I couldn't remember if he changed the name from that, but I Uh-oh. think Odd Normal is what. Hopefully the, that's what it. The name. But yeah, if not, uh, if not, maybe I just Fiasco got fired Jones. from that podcast too. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's always no. Gonna, he's doing good. That's but always going to weigh heavy on me. That's he, always uh, heavy. Well, he'll have we'll have him back on. And honestly, you know, uh, it would have happened eventually. He was butting heads with people or whatever there. So it's one of the things that you know. I think he can joke and laugh about it now because he landed on his feet and actually makes more money now than what he was making. Oh wow! So he, oh well, he's you not, can thank he's not me, Fiasco bad. Jones. He's you not, know what I mean? You wouldn't have taken that chance on yeah. your. I knew that Fiasco Jones wasn't betting on himself enough. <laughs> that's it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get this guy fired. So that he can improve his life. That's it. And you know what, Fiasco? You don't have to thank me for it. I know. I understand. You and appreciate me getting you fired, and you're welcome. <laughs> okay, when this last question, I'm glad that uh, Oscar took off because this is not a question uh, that he would have been able to be around. This is actually a message that came straight to us from Brent uh, Barnett, a uh, longtime supporter. Love that dude. Yeah. Uh, greetings, John and CC. With all the controversy surrounding Conor McGregor with his post-fight comments and recent tweets aimed at Khabib, do you think that the sport deserves a better ambassador as its bigger star? Can't dispute the eyeballs he's brought to the sport, but he really doesn't seem to have many redeeming qualities to be a positive role model, especially when looking at other champs, both past and present, like DC, GSP, and Couture, to name just to name a few. His tasteless talk isn't entertaining anymore, and it feels like he's trying to grab headlines by being offensive as he can't do it with winning big fights. Keep up the great work. Can't wait to hear JoJo or Mark Hunt on as guests again. We'll have to, we'll have to dig them up. We'll have to call them up, you know, sometime. Um, 
But yeah, so that's good. So that's Brent taking the hot take right there. Yeah, listen, I'll just say short answer. Yes, you know, I, I wish I wish Connor was a better role model, man. And I know that may sound silly um, because it's not like just because somebody is a, a great athlete, or a great fighter in any sport, you know, a, an athlete in any sport that they need to be a role model. You know, I think it was Charles Barkley. That's true. Yeah, I think That's it was true. Charles Barkley who years ago said, like, I'm not raising your kids. You're raising your kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what well, I got to be a role I model. Like, be a ball player. That's it. And so, yeah. I, so I agree. You know what I mean? But and, – and maybe it's just me too, but, like, I love the feel-good stories, man. I love, I love cheering for good people, and I love seeing good things happen to good people, and I, and I, and I love to see that. And, yeah, I mean, look. The, the tweet about Habib's father to me, like, I just don't know how you justify that. And I know that mm. a lot of people have already talked about it, so it's not as like if I'm bringing some fresh take about it. But even after his last fight, I wrote a, I wrote a column that was like, hey, you know, reinvention is what's, is, is what's needed here, not a rematch with Dustin Poirier. I mean, we need to, we need to change things. And it's just it's, – it's a shame because on the one – for one hand, like, I miss that Connor that was clever. You know what I mean? Like, when he used to be on that stage and, and there'd be – 30 people up there, but he was the quickest-witted one. And you were like, oh, my God, look at what he just did to Jeremy Stevens. You know what I mean? Listen to this latest quote today. And we were hanging on every word he says, and now there's just nothing clever about it anymore. And, and, and I get it, man. Maybe, you know, and again, who knows? Like, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes there. You're like, maybe this is all orchestrated. Like, you know, Connor is a master marketer, man. I mean, look at what he's been able to do. Look at what he's been able to Orchestrated fall from grace. Has well, that, you know, break. not necessarily orchestrating the fall from grace, but orchestrating, <laughs> you know what, now I'm just going to go full heel. Like, now, how much, money yeah. did Flo- how much money did Floyd Mayweather make from people that were buying pay-per-views to see him lose? You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I don't know many people that were like, you know what, I'm buying this Floyd Mayweather pay-per-view because I love that guy. Yeah. I just love that guy. I, and really I want to see his latest exhibitions. Ever- no, yeah, it's like, exhibition and, and even when he was still doing real, it was like, I want to see this guy lose. Like, I want to tune in and see this guy. I think this is the guy that's going to kick Floyd Mayweather's ass. That's what I watch. And maybe Connor's doing that. Maybe just saying, you know what? I've lost the like. I'm no longer the plumber's apprentice. Now I'm the rich guy with the with the Lamborghini yacht. You know what I mean? Like now maybe yacht is like dope. how am I, it is a pretty cool yacht. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I, I pretty cool pictures of it. I didn't I didn't even know a Lamborghini yacht existed, but it's pretty yeah. damn cool. But I maybe if it's fast. It might have some speed to it. But, you know, I, you know, I just wonder if maybe he's saying, like, I mean, it, it could all be a master thing that, like, hey, I realize this is inappropriate. I realize this is out of line. I realize this is over the top. But I'm doing this because I want the world to hate me because I want them to buy the pay-per-view. Wanting me. It, it could be that. But even that doesn't make it justifiable to me. To talk about a man's dead father, it's just not okay. And, and, and I said before, like, leave race, religion, uh, you know, out of it. You know what I'm saying? Leave family out of it. I don't think that stuff has a place in in the in the sport. And again, I'm not the pearl clutching guy that says, "Oh, he said mean things." No, you're going to say mean things. I get it, but leave family, race, and religion out of it. But a man's dead father, and not only a man's dead father, but a man's dead father that was like his mentor for life, who is clear, like the most important figure in his entire yeah. life. You know what and you're doing. And a guy that you just previously praised, you know, a while back as well. You know, right. when he was sick and he was hoping him to, you know, get better and praised his skill, but now you're gonna now you're gonna turn coat. It's just and tasteless, say man. It's yeah. tasteless in any context. You know, yeah. and it's it's tasteless there's just I mean there's to me there's not a a, a moment on earth They'd be like, yeah, I get why you said that. You're talking about a man's dead father, man. Stop. Yeah. Stop, stop, stop. So yeah it's a shame because, listen, Conor McGregor, 
I, I always say it, biggest star in the history of the sport. I believe when he fights again, when that leg heals up, he's going to sell a million pay-per-views, and it doesn't matter who the fight's against. You know, if it happens to be against Nate Diaz, it's going to be a blockbuster. But it doesn't matter who they put him in there against. He'll still sell a million pay-per-view buys. Man, yeah. he is he has entrenched himself in, you know, the social structure of, of the world, really. And, and that's not going to go away. But, yeah, I mean, I wish – I mean, if Conor McGregor, you know – was Dustin Poirier in terms of personality, but was Conor McGregor in terms – you know, maybe maybe that's impossible. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe you can't be both things. Um, but, you yeah. Like, like you can't be that super rich and still be a nice guy? I, I, well, <laughs> I guess. You know what I mean? I, I saw something the other day. Um, I don't know if Habib actually said this, but it was in our chat the other day. Uh, no, you know what it was? It was a comment on MMA Junkie because we have to edit the comments and stuff. And somebody said – Habib said it. And I don't remember seeing this, so I don't know if it's true or not. But he said – Money doesn't change you. Money just shows who you are. Now, I don't even know if that's a Habib quote. That yeah. sounds like it could have been anybody's quote. I don't yeah. know if Habib said it. But it does make you wonder. You know what I mean? Like, d does this just mean, you know, obviously none of us can relate to who Conor McGregor is right now. You know, we, we'll never understand that degree of fame, fortune, all those things. But I do not like this version of Conor McGregor. I just don't like it. And, you know, it's worked for him. He's, he's, he's taking care of his family for generations to come. So who am I to sit here as a journalist who lives check to check, paying my bills, you know what I mean? Who am I to sit here and weigh in on why I think he's right or wrong or he's good or bad or whatever? He's clearly incredible at what he does and has done well for himself. But me personally, John Morgan, doesn't like this version of Conor McGregor, and I hope he can change because that guy that was the, the, the fastest-witted dude in the room, that was hilarious, that was you know incredible, like that guy was fun to cover. I don't really enjoy covering this version of Conor McGregor. So, um, yeah, I, I wish, you know, at the end of the day, cage fighters as role models. Do we deserve better role models in a sport where men strip down to their underwear and punch yeah. each other senseless in a steel cage? I don't know. Yeah. But I'd like for it to be that way. Like, yeah. one of the things I love about mixed martial arts is how respectful people are. I always, that, that is one thing that's always drawn me to it is these dudes and, 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 and girls go out there and they try to, 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 I don't want to say kill each other because they're not trying that, but, I mean, they go out there and beat each other's senses for 15 or 25 minutes. But that hug at the end, man, that embrace yeah. where it's like, bro. You love seeing that. Oh, man, you know, that was, that was insane. Thank you. When you hear that, when you see two battered, bloody people, and the first thing they say is, thank you. That yeah. was awesome. That was awesome. Like, oh, that's so cool, man. That I, I, I don't like seeing what I'm seeing anymore, so I, I hope it can change because uh, – Conor McGregor is still a star. He's still going to sell pay-per-views. But yeah. I, I would like to be inspired more by him and, 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 and happy to be around him. So. Yeah, and I think you touched upon it for uh, right at the beginning of that. And I think it's one of those things that we as people that view sports have a really, really bad habit of is you're right. None of these guys, we ask if it's a better ambassador, none of these guys have a part in their contract where it says, oh, by the way, you have to also agree to be the flag bearer for our sport. You have to be the person that's willing to uh, – you know, have little kids look up to you and make sure that you handle yourself in a certain way because they're not getting paid to do that sort of thing. Right. You know, that just happens to be a side thing. And I think we as sports fans have a bad habit of putting our dreams and hopes on these people that have been able to excel at something that we as kids have always loved to do, whether it be a, this sport or that sport. You know, I think one of the things that drives these athletes, of course, is that self-drive, but there always is that part in there too, that, that adoration that people want to be able to walk down the street and have somebody look at them and say, oh, that's that dude. You know, how can you not I love that? But on the flip side of that, if people are going to be looking at, at you and they're going to be having these 
these wonderful thoughts that you know that you're like, oh, I like that feeling of somebody look at me. You got to understand that people are going to look at you and you are, unfortunately, are a role model for some. You are that person. Um, unfortunately, in, in, in Connor's thing, this, this, this last couple years or whatever, the side of him that we've seen, it's just it's it's unfortunate because this is a guy that we've all respect mm -hmm. his story. You, you respect uh, his his grind and his hustle. The plumber's apprentice to the hundred million dollar paycheck. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, it's unbelievable. It's such a wonderful story. And like I said, you know, even the last time, and I'm not going to go far because I think you you said it great. Is that at this point, I just want to hear great story of him being a great father, being a great role model to his children. He doesn't need to be a role model to anybody else outside of that. And if he could be happy and proud and say, I'm a role model, I'm a person that I want my kids to uh, be proud of. And that's more than just being, say, like, they're going to be proud of me because I, I provide for their, their life for the rest of their life. They're never going to have to work for anything. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's good in the sense that they're never going to struggle. Right. But, you know, part of, part of why you are who you are is the struggle. You know, if you completely erase struggle for, from uh, the, what builds character, you know, I think a lot of us know people, rich kids that grew up and were little shits, you know. Um, not to saying that that's going to be destined for what is kids, but if you're happy and you're the role model that you think your kids are happy that are going to be good for, that's all I care for Connor at this point. I just want him to be proud and have good stories and have great memories with his kids. That's all I need from him at this point because all this excess shit is just crap and it just, it just erodes and takes away from um, – all the great memories that made us admire what mm -hmm. his story was from the get-go. That's all I hope. So I don't want him to not be the ambassador for the sport because his story is uh, the kind of shit that little kids will always will, – people will pick, the, pick themselves up by their bootstraps and will take themselves to another level. Um, I always want that story. You know, this stuff here at the end, we could, we could do a little bit without it. You know, maybe this is the point <laughs> – and I end on a, on a, on a joke, but – you know, at some point, somebody had the, the, the wherewithal to say, hey, maybe Brittany, it was good. We need to put Brittany on a conservatorship. Somebody needs to help shape it. Is, is Connor at that point? Yeah. Does somebody need to step in and say, let me handle your business things. Let me handle whatever. You just get back to taking care of you and your family. And, and let's, let's, let's stop uh, this, this further it's eroding. It's a funny parallel, but it's interesting. It really, really is because Brittany was the, was, she was the biggest star at the time. She was huge. But she just slowly started doing things that people were like, what is going on? Leave Connor alone. Leave Connor <laughs> alone. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but that, that's a tough question, Brent, because uh, uh, we love what, what Connor helps bring. In, yeah. uh, and he, I don't know, I don't know the sport deserves something, but I'd like to see it. I yeah, mean, like and that's it. the thing. Like, he never asked to be the, an ambassador role model. Unfortunately, you know, being in his position in his story, he's going to be. Um, I'm just happy that there are a lot of really good, positive role models in our sport. You know, it yeah. doesn't always have to be on his shoulders. Somebody else can take the mantle. You know, it's just unfortunate. His his platform is so huge. You know, um, of course you want good things, but it is what it is. This is like you you boil it down to it's a sport where men and women get half naked and beat the shit out of themselves. You know what 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 can we really expect? <laughs> That's it. That's it.
Crazy. Well, appreciate the questions, uh, everybody. Thank yep. you for contributing to the roadmap. Yes. And uh, anybody Steering that wants to do that, one way or another. Patreon.com slash the MA Roadshow. We would certainly appreciate that. All right, listen, uh, we've rambled on long enough. Uh, again, uh, big dual event weekend, USN ESPN 28, Bell Tour 263. Uh, we will have full coverage of both at MMA Junkie. And, of course, uh, we will have the and a half episode after at UFC on ESPN 28. Uh, so tune in for that. In the meantime, uh, we'll just say to everybody, Thanks for listening.